You're listening to Notorious Age of Sigmar. We spotlight the New Zealand AOS community covering tournaments, list, and book reviews. Here are your hosts, Sean and Tubbs. Sean and Tubbs. Welcome to Notorious Age of Sigma, episode 39. We are back in your motherfucking ears with the New Zealand Masters Hype Show. I am joined by two lovely individuals. Tubby, as always, how are you, my friend? What's up, bro? This is a clean intro. One go. <laughs> yeah, I know. Eh? I, was, <laughs> I, I never know where to transition from like, hey, it's us, and then it's us again. Like, I, I don't know. Whatever. All right. This is going down now. Uh, and we have a very special guest. First time on the show. Friend of the podcast, I guess we could say. I hope so, at least. I don't know. She's here, so hopefully she likes <laughs> us. Jesse, how are you? What's going on, my friend? Hey. Yeah, you guys are all right. You know. Yeah, yeah that's it's going well. Going well. well that, was, that was convincing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Should I put a bit more effort into it? Yeah, no, you guys are. You guys are all right. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm not looking for you to, you know, <laughs> fluff our egos or anything of the sort, but bring the energy. It's New Zealand Masters hype. Let's go. It's been a year since we've done one of these. Um, I'm pretty so pumped, actually. Pretty, pretty pumped. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a year since I won it, so that's um, a casual flex, but that's all good. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> so... Uh, I guess we'll do the typical podcasting of Jesse since your first time on. You want to give us a quick sort of who are you or anything to sort of you just want to go straight into it. I'm not fast. It's floor's yours and talk as much or as little as you like, my friend. Yeah, um, I'll just do a quick one. Um, uh, I am an AOS player from Auckland. I'm also the Auckland region representative on the Masters Committee. So um, I've been been doing that to help plan for this year's masters um but yeah besides that i'm just uh, a keen hobbyist uh who's also uh become a, a competitive player in the last couple of years um and uh, yeah i play a bunch of different systems but aos is aos is the one that i play competitively and it's like it's the one i'm i'm really really keen for like i casually play like 40k I also play some skirmish games like Malifaux, but like AOS for whatever reason is like the one that I just can't give up. And it's the one that I like every year I set out to do well competitively. So, yeah. How long have you been playing for, GC? A uh, couple of years. I think I started just after GHB two years ago, it would have been. Right. Nice. Or, yeah, I think it would have been two years ago, like, July. Yeah. Sick. Cool. So that's, like, yeah. the last GHB of AOS 2, maybe. Yeah, essentially. It yeah. was, like, just... I got in, got in with uh, FEC, and it yeah. was just post the new book. So post... I think Gristle Gore had just been nerfed. Oh, yeah. When oh, I got into yeah. it. So, yeah, at, at the right time, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And you came to last year's Masters as well. It was your first Masters, that's correct? I did, yeah. Um, I am I'm the kind of person who um, I don't need to always, like, be the top person in every, anything I do, but I need to be, like, I need to give a good game. I need to be competitive. I need to be able to sort of, like, hang with the crowd. So my first year when I got into AOS, I was like, as a goal, I want to just at least qualify for Masters. Just be able to give a good game and 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 that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, so I think that that happened. Um, although mm-hmm. I I took a, a pretty 
pretty average army. So this year I'm I'm going hard. Nice. Yeah. So you don't you don't want to be a seal, is what I hear. Yes, that, that that's right. Yeah, that's, yes, that's yes. a good place to be. <laughs> It's kind of the opposite to me and Tubby, yeah, because like we came into this hobby super hard, super competitive. And I think we've in our old age of playing this game for five, six years or however long it's been out, we're probably less competitive than what we were. Is that if you like tell me if I'm wrong, Tubby, for yourself. Yeah. Like, it's how I feel at least. Like I it's, felt like I won an event or two and I was like, Cool. I'm I'm satisfied. There's less like tournaments coming up by like everything to make the list um as competitive as possible, as cookie cutter as possible. That's that's for sure. Um, I don't think it's really changed our results too much, but I think that's just because we've been playing it so long, so that um, definitely helps with them. Um, once you're actually on the table. Yeah, yeah, I think your results have definitely been more consistent than mine, that's for sure. I um, mean, at 2,500, bro, you're pretty unstoppable. Yeah, I don't think I've ever lost a 2,500-point game out of, like, the... 15 games of it I've played. So, but, but everywhere else, I'm a fucking crapshoot at times, I tell you. Um, all right, should we kick straight into... So we've got a few things to cover here, guys. This is probably going to be a long podcast as well. Just warning you listeners, first of all. So if you're, like, if you're driving for a few hours or if your job is shit and you hate it and you're looking for a distraction, maybe, you know, this is a podcast for you. My monotone and these two lovely individuals. Uh, so we're going to do some questions, we're going to talk about lists, we're going to talk about missions, and I guess we'll finish off with some predictions, depending on how much steam we have left in our sales uh, by the end of that in a couple of hours' time. So I only put out, you know, like, and I only asked the questions an hour ago, um, so we don't have many, which is fair enough, and they're predominantly from New Zealand, which is awesome, because we are here to promote the New Zealand scene. So I'll go to, I'll go to Twitter first. Uh, with Mr. Shorts has asked about chess clocks. So uh, New Zealand Masters is using chess clocks for the first time ever uh, for AOS within New Zealand, I'd say. I'd be pretty confident to say it's the first New Zealand event that's like mandated chess clocks. Yeah? Yeah, Do you guys yeah, know yeah sure definitely it's, first it's, AOS, yeah, one. Definitely. Yeah, like I've seen people use them on like a game-by-game -game basis within tournaments, but in this tournament, it's everyone's using a chess clock. So you guys are on... Uh, you guys are in the old boys club of the Masters Committee, um, mm. or the Pie Wizards, or whatever you want to call yourselves. I'm not, so I might have a different perspective on this than you guys, but I want to hear what you guys think first. I mean, Tubby, you probably don't really have an opinion, because you don't ever seem to have a fucking opinion about stuff that I care about, so <laughs> <laughs> so you can you can lead us off, and then we'll go to Jesse, and then I'll have a 15-minute rant, and we'll go from there. Yeah, I'm glad we're getting this chat out of the way first, because... Um... Last time why I asked Sean it. in person, it was about two days of um, ranting about chess clocks. Uh, yeah, chess clocks, the community wanted them, honestly, uh, which is cool. So, yeah, we, we did it, I guess. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting. It's the ideal place to take chess clocks for the first time. I don't know if it's the ideal place to like trial them for the first pot, first time just because it is masters, but uh, with only twenty people, so it's only ten clocks. It's like very achievable, right? To um, to get everyone clocked up. Uh, I think it'll be an interesting like learning experience because there's been a lot of discussion about how they should work, um, whether people get equal time or they get 
like a little bit of an overtime allowance or, you know, whatever. Um, <clears throat> the whole thing is that, like, it is the first go at giving a crack. It is Masters, so it is, like, in my opinion, the most important tournament of the year, uh, other than Notorious. Uh, so you don't want to get too keen with them and have it starting to actually, like, impact the tournament in maybe too much of a way where they're not working quite as as intended, uh, which I think is sort of why we've gone the way we have with our choices on the committee. Um, <clears throat> I'm really happy with what we've decided on. Uh, it sounds like uh, the community is pretty positive on what we've uh, decided on and how we've decided to work the chess clocks, but uh, there is the outliers um, which um, which don't quite love everything, but that's fine. It's always going to be like that. Um, <clears throat> so essentially how they're going to work is you bang your chess clock every time you touch your dice, essentially, if you need to roll anything or um, like any saves or anything in your own turn. And then during your turn, obviously, you're going to be on the clock the majority of the time. Uh, and then so the clocks, you'll have 15 minutes over time so if you cut two hours 45 and a half which is what how long the rounds are if you cut that in half add 15 minutes if you use more than half the game time plus 15 minutes it's an auto loss uh, so that was something we talked about a lot with the community other uh, committee was that like if we're going to take them they need to have like a proper impact and not just put it back on the TO because I think that's bullshit in my opinion. Um, you're taking something to record time, but then you've got the TO there making the end all decision. It's, I'd prefer it to just be like very clear and transparent that, hey, you get whatever it is, like 87 and a half minutes plus 15 minutes. You basically get 100 minutes um, if you use 100 minutes of time, just over 100 minutes of time, then you lose. 97.5, just to be super exact. Yeah, that's yeah, what it so is. So it's one hour, 37 minutes and 50 seconds. Yeah. To yeah. be so, super, super exact. Anyway, I'll shut up. So it's finding that like equal balance where like some armies take way longer to play than other armies. Like Sean's Lumineff takes way fucking longer than pushing four Gargans up the board. Like there's no way um, those armies take correct. time. Uh, so that's why, in my opinion, I think giving a little time buffer is a good thing. Um, because while the, the other player with less models does get more time to think because he's got less models and less bits and pieces and hero phase and all that crap to consume his time, uh, that his movement's more important, which is what it comes down to a lot of the time. That's where people sit there and think. Um, so it's sort of just a little buffer in between those two. Um, but yeah, I'm really happy with how it's come out. I'm interested, interested to see how it goes at the event. Uh, I'm hoping that games that would be won don't become lost because of the clocks, but I think uh, if everyone keeps a good eye on the clock, it shouldn't happen, so it should be down to play error still in that in that case. But, um, but yeah, I'm interested to see how it goes. It's definitely not something that will be at many tournaments going forward, like forward, like I can't see that, because you just have to supply so many clocks and it's just like 10 clocks they're like 50 bucks each, it's like 500 bucks. Like, 
that can be some people's overheads for their events. So uh, unless we have like a big community pool of chess clocks, then yeah, I can't really see it happening too much for um for for many events going forwards. But for more masters going forwards, I think it could be a really cool thing to um implement into the future ones. That's my TED talk. <laughs> Love it. Good stuff, man. I agree with some of it. I disagree with some of it, but anyway, we'll get to that. Jesse, you're probably the most experienced at using chess clocks, right? You've used them before, yeah? Yeah. Um, I have used them before, and I was kind of one of the... Uh, I probably was the person that argued the hardest for them to be used at Masters. Um, I fucking love you. Which, like, the whole thing... Uh, it, Really, it came up because, like, there was a big discussion on slow play and, like, how to handle slow play at at Masters. And um, I suggested clocks because um, it's it just gives you a way to um, kind of keep the timekeeping present in people's minds, even just the visual reminder of, like, having your clock there and they can look over and see time ticking down, like... That can be enough sometimes with some people just to have that sort of visual reminder, um, because you know how it is. You get caught up in in what you're doing and 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 playing the game and you know all, all the stress and strategy that sort of a high level tournament brings. And um, you know keeping an eye on on your time without a, a a clock just sitting right there reminding you can be tricky, um, even for people who have you know no intention of of slow playing um, but just get caught up. Um, so yeah, I think it's a good it's a good visual reminder. Um, I think I had some disagreements with, uh, or I had some different ideas rather about how the clocks should be implemented, like what they should be, um, what should happen if you run out of time, and and, and that kind of stuff. But um, the committee decided based on a majority, and so you know that's that's the way we ended up. And I think either way, like regardless of whether I agree with the particular implementation, I think just having them is a positive thing. Um, and I think also like it's kind of easy to to sort of look at it as like it's a new thing, and uh, what if it goes terribly wrong, you know? And like, will people be able to handle it? And they're not they're not practiced using them, and all these different questions. But I think in the end, it probably won't matter for most people like i think in the end the amount of games that are decided because of um of the clock is going to be none or negligible is is my hope anyway that it's it's a just in case thing there um people are going to forget to tap it over um and uh you know it's there's, there's going to be bungles that happen and i think that like that's just going to be the way it is and those things pe most people just won't care and it will be fine. Like, we're not going to be policing the clocks to the point of, like, having someone monitoring them. So, like, if two players don't really use theirs correctly, like, that's just what it is. And, yeah. like, who cares to some extent? Like, if there's no issue, there's no issue, right? And, like, unless the two players raise it as an issue, then, like, it's not going to be uh, any impact on the games. So no. I think that just I... even, having, even having the clocks just means... They can be used if they if they need to if there's an issue, but like nine times out of ten, for most of people's games, they're probably gonna like not not really have an impact, which I think is good in the end. That's the ideal situation, eh? Is that the clocks are there, but and they they have their purpose because they keep people like honest with their time, but ideally they mm -hmm. don't actually like impact the score of anybody's game. They just get someone to fucking move their slow ass faster. 
Um, totally. Because, and like, like the, some, yeah, go ahead, Tubby. Sorry. Like, like you were saying earlier um, <clears throat> about the the Masters tournament as well. Like in previous Masters tournaments, we've had like three hour rounds and games still haven't finished, which is just yeah. honestly a, a joke at that point. Like everyone going there should be the better, if not the best players in the country. Like, why the fuck can't you finish a game in three hours? And I think it's just because it's most of the time in previous tournaments, you just get a yell when there's 30 minutes left to go in the round or something, and you're like, fuck, I'm in turn three or something. I need to hurry up. So um, just keeps you honest. Yeah, I think that's totally it. And I think that, um, you know, just being able to, like, I know just even for me, like, being able to look over at the clock and immediately know, like, oh, I'm in turn two. It's been half an hour. I'm doing okay. Or uh, it's in turn three. There's only half an hour left. Like you said, I need to really put the gas on here. Um, now just that that visual reminder is, I think, is is helpful. Um, and again, I think that I'll, I think we'll see zero games decided because someone gets an auto fail. You know, like I think I don't think that's actually going to happen. But I think that the having that codified for people that that can happen is hopefully deterrent enough. You know. Yeah, which is which is the 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 main purpose and then I, I guess yeah it's probably fair to say that that's the main purpose and then the secondary purpose is just to um uh i don't know what the right word is but make people feel comfortable that hey if you do get slow played in a game there will be repercussions and it is very cut and dry yeah yeah agree everyone loves to bitch about slow play especially the big fellow who's just unmiked himself <laughs> yeah yeah well <laughs> no, i um I largely agree with what I heard from Jesse. Uh, the listeners won't notice, but uh, my son just yelled out to me, and we're having a massive storm in Wellington, and it turns out we've got some internal flooding, so that's cool. <laughs> On the wall that I've been bitching about needs to be sorted uh, by the landlords, and they haven't, and now it's, oh, no. now, it's, now it's a water feature in the house, so that's cool. <laughs> so one up the stairs. Lovely. So, yeah, there's a big fucking water bubble in it, and it's... Oh, bro. Anyway, so... Uh, so, yeah, I only heard about half of what Jesse said, but for the large part, I agree. So, I, yeah, and Tubby, you're right. I um, I do like to bitch about slow playing, and I love the fact that um, the committee's decided to bring in clocks, and I think it's the right event to do it at because, as you guys have mentioned, it's a com- it's like the most, supposedly the most in- competitive environment of the year for the New Zealand scene, right? So, everyone there should have a clue as to what's going on and should sort of understand basic etiquette and how a game runs and I think anything that measures objectively how much time an individual's used uh, is more beneficial to the game and it's better than just doing it at like a a random event and then Johnny come lately turns up for the first time and I was like oh what the fuck's a chess clock I don't really know my rules this is all very stressful so I think I think the first event to sort of mandate it it's it's a good one to do it at first of all uh, I'm a big fan of chess clocks. I didn't own a chess clock until this announcement. I brought one of use it about five or six times now. Uh, you use it once and it's super easy. Like it's just, it's not even that hard. So um, I would recommend to players that are coming to Masters who haven't had a, a chance to use one to try use one. Even just like if you don't actually own a clock, um, just get your stopwatch out on your phone when you play your mate or something like that. Um, yeah, so I... I like him, and I was initially really upset when 
the first release of it came out because initially it was 30 minutes that someone could play over instead of 15, which I thought was extremely unfair. Uh, and that was my biggest issue with it, is who decides who gets the extra 30 minutes and who doesn't. So essentially one person plays just over an hour and the other person plays over an hour and a half and without repercussion or penalty. Um, yeah, understandably some armies take longer, but my point is that you have to start at the fairest place. And in my mind, the fairest place is equal amount of time, so you're playing by the same rules. You're playing the same game by the same rules. Your armies are obviously the variable and the difference in there. And when I saw that someone could have like 20% more time than the other, I was like, that's bullshit. So that's why I um, kicked up a stink in the Facebook group <laughs> regarding to this. Uh, but I like it. Uh, the reduction to 15 minutes is still more generous than what I would personally like, but I ha in my six games with it, I haven't had one go. I've had I've gone over by like two minutes in one of them, and I had an opponent go over by three minutes, as in into that extra buffer zone, not additional to that time. Uh, mm -hmm. So, like, one player, yeah, use three more minutes and never play a big fucking whoop. <laughs> that doesn't matter. Um, I'd probably like it to be, like, five or just straight even and just treat it like a death clock. But after using it a few times, I've sort of mellowed out on that. Uh, although what I don't like is it does encourage someone to use that extra 15 minutes in that first turn, um, which I think is just a negative experience. Oh, don't scrunch your face, Tubby. Like, it objectively <laughs> does. Like, we could play a game. <laughs> And I could I could deliberately take more time and not go up to that 15-minute mark in the first turn just fucking around, doing something, I don't know, and then play the game at, the, at regular speed from there out. And that way it's prevented you from having that time and it's also taken your time away from you. So I still don't like it, but I'm far more chilled on it as to what I was when it was initially commented on like four weeks ago. Um, I also agree with GC. I don't feel like it's going to be... I hope it. I don't think it's going to matter. I don't think it's going to impact any games. Um, I hope it doesn't at least. I really hope it doesn't become a thing. Um, the thing I found from my experience is it just keeps the tempo of the game moving. So people are like, oh, there's a visual reminder. You know, I've got 30 minutes to complete two turns. Okay, I better stop fucking around or whatever. It's a big issue for me because I drink a lot of water at tournaments and I go to the toilet probably like three, four times during the game, which some people will be like, whoa. But I'm like, I'm consuming lots of water so i have to do that on my time so i'm gonna try to drink less so i don't have to run to the toilet and waste time in the toilet you know um but anyhow so no I, i'm a fan i like it experience so far has been positive i applaud the committee um i will um criticize the 15 minutes a bit but other than that i don't you know like the clocks are good um, really don't think it's going to matter. That's that's about it. Like I think if you asked me just four weeks ago, I would have been far more opinionated, but I'm not really. So, yeah. Yeah, I think it's good that we obviously did our first decision on the chess clocks and then looking back on um, what the community thought about it as well, and we just adjusted it a little bit with the, um, the time cap. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, so Sean's obviously worried that People are going to spend 15 minutes uh, at the start of the game to, to cheese the chess clocks a bit. So that's obviously what he thinks about the community. So, uh, no, well, no, I'm not, I'm not sure. <laughs> it's like it's like, we're, we're going back to when kill points used to suss out your next round matchup, and um, yeah. and people wouldn't kill people's armies on purpose so they don't play hard armies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, t I was like way more hardline. Um, about it like my recommendation which is how 
chess clocks have been used at, like in Auckland and how they've been used at, you know, competitive events with other the systems. Rest of the fucking world. Is, they just say it, the rest yeah, of the world. well, just, I mean, you, like, you know, just, just to, to, to not put too fine a point on it, but yeah, just like the way a chess clock is used, if you use up your time, like stop, that's it, you're done, you know? Um, and that's how they've been used at like 40K events in Auckland. That's how they've, they've been used in my experiences, like super cut and dried. Like if your time runs out and you're half of the clock, you don't make any actions, your dice are down, you roll your saves, you don't move your models, you're done. Um, and like, yeah, it's, it's in some ways, if you're not familiar with it, it can feel harsh, but like in my experience, like that doesn't usually happen unless something's, something's going on. Um, and yeah, it's like one of those things where you just learn to, to not time out, you know? And like, to your point, Sean, about how like practicing with a chess clock, like it makes you a better player in my opinion. Like when you're, when you've got that constant reminder there and like, you're kind of drilling yourself and you're practicing and you're, you know, you're getting your, your moves down and, and you're like really kind of like, for me, it helps me like dig into the army, like looking at the clock and being like, all right, I did pretty good this time. Next game, I'm going to be like that five minutes faster and more efficient, you know, kind of, kind of a thing. And, um, and that's probably just like the kind of player I am. Like I recognize this, there's all kinds of AOS players who are in it for all kinds of reasons and, you know, all kinds of different play styles. But um, yeah, for me, I really, I really like practicing with the clock and I feel like it's made me a better player and I, I wish more people would. Um, and I think that, you know, if this goes well, potentially, and we use clocks again at next masters, I hope people kind of spend the year kind of drilling on the clock a little bit and, and seeing if it improves their, their, ga their game. Cause I feel like it will. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I agree. I would have no issue using a clock going forward full-time or not, to be honest, uh, after using it the four or five times I've used it. Um, yeah, as I said, it just keeps the template again going. And it also holds people accountable, which is good. Um, you know, you can say, look, you've actually used that time because you do have an obligation to your opponent to keep the game completed. And we've all been in that situation on the receiving end or on the... Um, the other end <laughs> the aggravator i guess i don't know that's a, that's a very harsh word you know where someone's your game's only gone to like two or three turns and you're like oh man we clogged out and i knew that guy was playing slow or i'll be clogged out and it was on me so um i just like that it gives us an objective means to to measure it and i encourage it and um yeah i think that's probably all i can really say about it without getting to nuts you want to say something to me? can you do me a favor sean what's up during your games, can you record how long it takes everybody to, to deploy? Because I don't think there's a tournament you've ever been to where somebody hasn't taken 45 minutes to deploy, and I'd like to know if it's accurate or inaccurate. <laughs> well, speaking of, I think that's what's going to catch people out, eh? So, um, <laughs> it is. It's how long it takes to deploy. So, yeah, it's it's pretty nuts, but it's been, it's been good, and I think it does make people a better player, and I think it really incentivizes you to do what you should have been doing anyway, which is thinking about what you're going to do in your turn while your opponent's having their turn. So you're watching That's what they're doing yeah. and you're thinking, okay, so I'm going to come out and I'm going to go, this spell, that spell, this spell, move here, move here, move here, done. Whereas a lot of people go, your turn, and I go, oh, okay, now I've got to think of a game plan, and they waste 
10, 15 minutes, you know, when really they could have been doing that in their opponent's time. So that would be my suggestion. But I I mean, that's something me and Tubby have talked about years ago, and we've always been big advocates for it. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I like it. I reckon it's going to be a non-factor. It might impact a small handful of players. Hopefully not. I don't want Chess Clocks to be the, the talking point after Masters. I just want it to be an awesome tournament. Everyone have a good time. And I hope people embrace it. And that's it. And Chess Clocks only count down. They don't count up. So you have to like pre-program your, your time with half the time, then plus 15 minutes is what I've found. Because my one certainly doesn't count up. But Jess yeah, some of them do. Same, same, but different, eh? That's like yeah, some of them do count up, but they're the standard is down. So like I guess yeah. maybe if you have like a like a tricked out clock, you can have different settings. Like I think the ones that I because I I'm supplying all the clocks this year. I think oh, the right, ones yeah. I yeah. So, um, so I I sent down a bunch of prize support because I'm also doing that. Um, so I sent uh, oh sure okay um yeah I sent a, a bunch of uh, prize support and all the clocks down. Um, and Jono got them a couple days ago, so that, that's all good. Um, so yeah, I think the clocks that I sent, I think they do count up as well. Um, but um, kind of the standard that, like, I guess most of the simple ones do is, yeah, you just you set the time for each side, and then it counts down. Yeah, that's literally all I've done is split the game in half, and then add fifteen minutes to each person, so that's ninety-seven and a half minutes, as mentioned earlier. And then yeah, the, uh, the and then, and if, side is, yeah. is the is the was the debatable part of of, of this, but yeah. it, it is what it is, and um, yeah, I think but like like we've all said, like it'll probably be a non-issue. It's cool to have them there. It's cool if people start using. Uh oh. Robot GC mode. Yeah, you'll say that again, GC. You just like froze on my screen at least. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, just that. Um, yeah, I, we decided to use them. It's a good thing, regardless of like the intricacies of like how they're used or whether, you know, each of us individually thinks that they're being used in exactly the right way we would prefer. I think just having them is good. Um, I think using them going forward, uh, if people want to, is is cool and will, will help their game. And I think in the end, it's going to be a non-issue at Masters. So. Yep, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I think we should move on because we've spent almost 30 minutes talking about this. <laughs> yeah, it was always going to take a while. Yeah, just no <laughs> get surprise, out of the way but, early. But it's it's good because I think we I think we have um, three almost. I think me and Jesse are more aligned than um, either of us in tubs, but I feel like it's a good couple of different points of view there. So um, I still would like it just to be split even because I think that's the fairest thing. But 15 minutes isn't too bad. Unless watch me lose a game where my opponent uses like 14 and a half minutes and then I'll come on here and shit talk them. So you fucking wait for that to happen. <laughs> anyway, so we'll get into some Facebook questions. So uh, just put them up on New Zealand Major Sigma Facebook page because it was short notice and the rest of it. And the rest of the world's probably thinking about Worlds right now. So that's, that's cool. Uh, but Mark asks, why there aren't more dragons at the event? Anyone want to take this one specifically? Oh, it's uh, easy. Sean you can't buy them. painting those ones. Also, you. Yeah. yeah. So you, just, you can't buy them. So I mean, yeah, we can't buy them in Australasia. They're no. completely sold out. Have been for months. And yeah, I have some, but I didn't want to take them because they give up too many points, and I misinterpreted how that hunters patch changed. 
Um, I thought you got it per two you kill, you got a point, but it's only when the whole unit dies then you get the points. So, um, well, at least as Jesse tells me anyway. So, had I known that, I might have taken him because it's a bit different. Then. But anyway, um, Ben says, spend most of the time talking about chess clocks. Well, yeah, we have. Uh, so, it's Ben Black. And then Ben Rose says, what are your hobby goals going forward after Masters, be it painting, starting a new army, or a tour tournament you want to attend? So, Jesse, is it a guess? You go. You want to go first? Sure. Yeah. Um. I think that I'm gonna spend some time doing some like more casual projects because like I've been. I always say this every year. I'm like I'm gonna do masters and then I'm gonna take it easy for a little while. But then like as soon as masters is over, I'm qualifying for the next masters, and then I'm like learning an army for the next masters. And so like it's, it never ends. The cycle never ends. But um. But I think what I want to do is um, just like paint up some D tier armies and just have some have some fun casual games. Like I've got I bought um, like fifty two Spider Riders for like a hundred bucks. Yeah. And like I really want to get those, <laughs> get get those going. And then uh, I have some like uh, some Dark Elf stuff that I kind of want to paint up. And um, I've got like a hundred Plague Monks and just some stuff right now that would like never see play um but i have enough uh like competitive armies painted on the bench right now that um i think i want to paint just some cool stuff that like i probably wouldn't use in a competitive list but like the the models are great and um yeah so just some some fun hobby i think uh for the for the winter be fun cool cool Toby. Uh, I want to finish off my crawl boys and um, get them painted and finished and looking pretty schmick because when you don't have to play games in real life, it, you don't have to pull your army together and then leave it on the table for a couple weeks or whatever. So it's a lot easier to paint if you can um, get motivated for it. So, yeah, I'm really keen to get the crawl boys finished off because they're a lot of fun to play. And um, there's heaps of cool techie shit you can do. Not as much of a hobbyist as uh, Jesse is, because honestly, every time I look at the Facebook page, you've painted something new, and it's kind of um, ridiculous. But <laughs> just try get one army finished would be nice. Fucking put the paintbrush down for a minute, Jesse. Go outside. I mean, I Jesus. I know. This is the thing, though. Like when when you're obsessive and compulsive about things, like I am, like. Like I find I find a thing and like I just can't stop that thing and like for the past two years it's been AOS which is which is great um, but also like us, we, me and Sean were talking and like I like I'm, I have a partner I have a pretty chill job with regular hours I've got no kids like I've just got all this time and like I just do what I love, which is AOS right now. So, um, so I feel fortunate for sure that I have an, as much time as I do. But um, mm -hmm. that's why my output is so high, is because like I love the painting side. Like I'm one of those hobbyists that like I love the game, but I also love the hobby. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've got the time and like a bit of disposable income. So mm -hmm. it's it's what I'm doing. To be fair, it's like living the dream. So, I mean, I if I was as excited about painting as you are. I I don't know. We'll probably spend more time on it. I only really paint when I have to, to be honest. But I'm I'm more in it for the game than the hobby. I'm not sort of a a total 
hobbyist sort of so you know um for sure. always because i like playing and i like talking about the game and i don't like painting as much because i'm not very good at it so that's partially why and it's part of why i started getting merch to paint my armies or paint some of my stuff at least i've bought a new army recently so i haven't seen anything else this way but yeah um as for me my focus will probably be uh june's chaos for me so we're at the end of may june's chaos for me for um my personal life reasons family and birthdays and stuff but one thing I really need to do is actually start organising Notorious GT this year and stop talking about organising it. So I need to actually start doing it because we have a we have a venue, we have a, a date, and I've paid the deposit on it, but I haven't done fuck all else. So I was going to say I've been waiting for the announcements. That's yeah, like, yeah. What, what so are you doing? Yeah. So I started a spreadsheet with costs and the rest of it, and then that all changed when I saw the venue because the venue's not as big as I thought it was because we had to move. So. Um, to readjust it and we're going to do sort of a more a more chill vibe this time in a smaller scale than what we did back in 2019 where we were trying to make it very like glamorous for the lack of a better term you know lots of prizes lots of interaction lots of stuff um, more of an event than just like gaming whereas this time we're going to tone it down back and that's because the venue can only allow us to have 40 players essentially without us being cramped in like sardines and given that we're living in this COVID world um, we probably don't want to be cramped in like sardines, but next year when we go back to our usual venue, which was just completely booked out this year, uh, we'll try return it back to that sort of big over the top, more of like a an event. It's probably the word I'd use as opposed to a tournament or an experience maybe. So um, yeah, I should get some stuff out in the next week or two about that. So I'll start sliding into people's DMs about shit and yeah but anyhow so that's probably what i'll be doing um jesse says after seeing the list how much do you think battle scroll the hunt is going to affect the results if at all any takers um i'm really interested to see what happens um because so obviously we're using that sorry i should sorry just say it from the start keep going Tubby. we're using the one um, from back in march not the most recent one yeah 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 so i've been a pretty big advocate of um of the rules not that they're perfect but just said that it's quite an interesting way um to make things work but it's definitely impacted my list um i've obviously got four points that i can give up my list um because of the prime hunters stuff um so it'll be interesting to see how it goes there's not too much going that's actually um yeah gonna yeah. give up a lot of points like uh, there's a, yeah there's a few from stormcast um pretty much everybody that's taken the prime hunter target units um have taken them in big blocks so you've obviously got to chew through the whole block to get the points for them which will be interesting um, and things like long strikes, like unless you've got shooting up, but you're not going to fucking get to them anyway. Um, so I don't know how impactful something like that will be, but it's the, it's the more the combat stuff that I think will have an impact. Um, yeah. If it if it does, like um, like the dragons or the fulminators um, that are going. <clears throat> but yeah, really, I'm actually very, very keen to see how it impacts the game. Yeah, I think it impacted less design more so than the, of course this is me saying before the tournament impacted list design more so than 
the results at the tournament because you see all the Thunderlizards players just not bring... I think it's like two Bastelodons in total. So obviously yeah. they've gone, nah, we don't want to bring too many of that. And it definitely impacted me because I would have taken Foxes. But I didn't take Foxes and I didn't take it because I knew it was going to be a bunch of gunline armies. So I didn't want to give up three easy points or a, a unit that if you can shoot it, I mean, yeah, merely you should never get it, but in shooting, they die pretty easy. They've only got a five up, five up, and they're only eight or ten wounds. So you know, like they're not they're not hard to kill at range. Like a bow snake unit would just mince all three of them in a turn. Yeah, like there's so. there's zero sallies. There's yeah, there's no small because. units of anything going that are prime hunters. So I think it's you're hundred percent onto it. It's impacted people's list design more than I think it will impact the games. Um, I think if you're losing those units, you probably fucking lost the game anyway. Um, even if they fall behind a little bit, that'll kick them up and make them win the game. So it'll be interesting to see. It's probably good yeah. to get some feedback from you, Jesse, because you've got a Legion of First Prince army, right? So yeah, I've gone quite heavy in it. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess Legion. If you if you play Legion in the textbook way that it is played currently, um, it's got Kairos, Scott Bellacor. Um, some of the lists have pink horrors potentially. Mine doesn't because uh, I think at this point plague bearers are probably better because um, they don't give up an extra point, and uh, you know they've got just a just a few less wounds, uh, and they're also minus one to hit and shooting. Um, so like my summoning now is just it's always ten plague bearers. Like if, if I can if I can do it. Um, because five pinks is five more wounds, and yeah, they stay at ten bodies longer, but um, they um, they're not minus one to hit and shooting. They're less bodies initially, um, so I'm just on the plague bearer train as far as as the summons go. But yeah, like I think that there's two things to say, right? Like I think that probably it has some impact on list construction. And I think it probably has more impact on list construction than it actually would in the games. In other words, like I think people think it's more impactful than it actually is, and so that affects their list building more than it actually will affect the games in reality. Like if you had two lists, one of which you like included no uh, priority targets because you're worried about it, and one in which you did. Like I don't know that those lists would actually give different results in a game by much um but i think like the bigger thing is like i don't think it's a good um way to address the issues in the game that it's attempting to address like i think that the armies that would benefit can't kill the things they need to anyway right and then the armies that are already doing well are just doing better because they can get those extra yeah. few points here and there so mm-hmm. like so I think I think the the sort of the rule set as it was intended to solve certain problems with units and with the meta doesn't do what it's supposed to. I think it just gives good players who play strong armies a way to milk an extra point or two out of games because they're smart and they're playing you know good armies already. Um, you know that that being said, we'll see how it goes. But in in my games so far, using that rule set. I have not seen it change any game results, and I don't know that it will. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be like a non-issue, basically. 
Yeah, yeah, I would pretty much agree with everything you just said. So yeah, I think we're all pretty in lockstep. So Rohan has said, uh, we'll do some quick fire questions here because he's asked like five questions within his questions. So just real short answers. Um, and then we'll, we'll just do a round table of them, I guess. Uh, why do you think people were taking the piss with their list? Tubby, why are people taking the piss? Who the fuck's taking the piss with their list other than Rohan? Cool. Jesse, why are people taking the list? Uh, taking the piss, sorry. Because uh, they haven't painted the stuff they actually wanted to bring. Okay. I think it's because <laughs> Masters and everyone always takes the piss at Masters and sure. brings There's always the something, right? Yeah. yeah. Coolest list, Tubby. Uh, coolest list is Anthony's because he's taking Cruel Boys and he's just going to go bra bra and fucking yeet everybody off the board. It's going to be great. I was looking at, we'll talk about that later, but I was looking at that list and I got some thoughts on it. Jesse, coolest list? Uh, yeah, I agree on Cruel Boys. That, that actually, that takes a lot of, um, it's such a weird faction, right? Like, they, I think that they're so close to being great. Uh huh. And I think that that list will struggle, but I think it's like, it's a big energy move to bring it, and and I like it. It's gonna win hard or lose hard, I reckon. Um, I oh, it's gonna lose so hard, or it's gonna win so yeah. hard. Yeah. <laughs> he, he ran a list similar at Silverstream, and um, a couple of months ago, and I remember he was like, the few games he won, I think he tabled people in like two turns, and then the games he lost, he was tabled in like two turns. But we'll get to that. If he uh, rolls hot, he'll delete the world. Like he'll just delete yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. The output on the upside is ridiculous. Um, I think the coolest list is my list because it's got techless in it. So why wouldn't it be the coolest oh, list? Fuck <laughs> off! Get your dumb fucking weird elves the fuck out of here. Right, I've been listening uh, to audio books and they're pretty dope. Eh? They fucking uh, love them some techless. Uh, but no, it's serious answer. I'll go on, Toby. Give me some shit. I was playing um, Total War the other day and I beelined it for techless immediately because he's a fucking pussy bitch and I don't want him in my face. He's not very good in that game. To be, well, actually, he is. He's really good in that game. Yeah. But he's not good early game. Um, I think the coolest list is Rohan's list, actually. I feel like this is a trap question. Because I feel like it's just clearly... I give no fucks. I'm just taking the three biggest cunts I can within my Grand Alliance. And I'm going to push him forward and try to kill you or lose. Um, thoughts on the venue? I'm the only one who's ever been to the venue. So... I covered them off in our last podcast. Um, I don't like that it doesn't have food in the venue because I'm a big advocate for that. Uh, because if you have food in the venue, it normally means that you have like staff to help and people to clean toilets regularly. And it's like nicely presented. And that's why I think food's a big thing. Because if you're serving food, you normally have a bunch of other things that come along with it. Um, yeah, otherwise it's all right. It's fine. It's it's like this food across the road. It's in the school. It's not hard. It's kind of dumb because it's a bit of a drive for us. And by that, I mean like a half hour. So all the local nerds will be like, oh, that's nothing. It's, you know. Um, decision made up to, oh, we'll talk about chess clocks. And then he talks about Valleycon, which is a couple of weeks after, which um, that would be cool. That would be cool, Rohan. We'll get about, we'll talk about Valleycon later, just not right now. Um, if contrast, and then Ryan says, if contrast paints were flavoured, would you lick paint your models? What do you think the most delicious paint would be? Cool, next question. Uh, why, <laughs> <laughs> why is Malifaux better than OS? Uh, that's just bait, Daniel. You just go it's away. Not. Um, 
And you have to say it with a French accent as well, given it's a French game. Malafoy, ha ha. Um, Ryan again says, reflected, not again, but ask another question. Reflecting on the past year, what would you like to see more of and less of in the community? What do you think the strengths and weaknesses are um, of opportunities for the threats to the New Zealand AOS thing? Shit, that's a big question, eh? Mm-hmm. Go on, Jesse. Like... Or Tubby, sorry. Yeah. Uh, I'd yeah, like to see um, more people like 3D printing their armies in the AOS scene, honestly, because it's so fucking expensive over here right now. 100%. That everybody has a fucking 3D printer. I can see like two behind Jesse right now. Uh, two, just two, I hope. Jesus. No, well, um, one's a printer, one's like the washing <laughs> the washing station. So I've only got, oh, probably yeah. got one. Ah, so. oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I know it's big in 40K and it'd be a really cool way to get um to get AOS pumping and like way more affordable for people and obviously keep up with the meta a little bit faster and stuff like that and, and new books and, and whatever. So, yeah. I'd like to see more 3D printed armies and stuff like that pop out. And some of these fucking 3D print sculpts are mean. Like, cooler than what exists in the range, unless it's like a brand new range most of the time. There's some um, there's some way cooler 3D printed stuff. Yeah, like, we'll see some... Like, I'm bringing some down that are 3D printed. Like, um, like I looked at the the current Chaos Spawn kit and was like, hell no. Garbage, yeah. There's no way I'm painting that thing. Um, so I, I just 3D printed a couple of spawn and it took me like two hours and they look amazing, you know? So it's like stuff like that. Yeah. It's, it's the best. And I think that like the cool thing about the, the AOS scene is that like, it's been pretty like accommodating for like proxy and 3D printed models. Um, I guess specifically 3D printed, mo- printed models in this case, like proxies can be a bit more like contentious, but for like 3D printing stuff, like as long as you generally know what it's supposed to represent. It's on the right base size. Most people are pretty cool with it, um, which I think is great, as Tub said, for like like uh, from a cost perspective. But like on top of that, it's also just like a creative thing. Like like make your army cool and different. Like if you want to print something out, great. You know, like there's there's no um, like I think like in in places where they depend more on Games Workshop, like they got official events and that kind of stuff. Like it's a bit more tricky with the 3d printing but like for us we're like we organize all of our own events right like the community does everything here like games workshop doesn't really even have a presence in in terms of that like there's a a tiny shop in auckland a tiny games workshop that has like a single table you know like it's it's uh it's cool to see 3d printing and i'm i'm super a fan of it yeah yeah i think anything that brings in more people to the hobby is um Always a positive, lowering the cost of entry to give me more people exposed is cool. Um, and saying that if you do have the resource, support your your local source and the rest of it. Not so much Games Workshop because they're a global company, uh, but I'm thinking more like you know the Scots from Capity, Capity Hobby and Andy from Hobby Master or whatever it's called, and the likes the the little guys. But um, yeah. I don't know. In case I ever want sponsorship from them, I better chuck that disclaimer in. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, um, someone says inflation is going to be impact. Uh, we won't go through down that rabbit hole. Um, inflation's a bit silly at the moment. Uh, with garrisonable, so Zane says with garrisonable terrain rules being prominent and 3.0, do you think competitively we should be seeing more of it? Nope. Cool. I, I, I like hate it. it. 
There's a whole fucking army that garrisons, and it's called KO, and no one plays it. So, <laughs> I mean, every time I played Tubby with it, I was like, "Bro, what's your garrison rules again? Wait, you get pluses, you minus two to hit now? What the fuck?" I like it in the train pieces. Like, it's quite nice. It keeps the little heroes and stuff a little bit safer and makes it warriors bigger, which is a, which is really nice a lot of the time. Um, yeah, yeah. The inconsistency uh, of like rules a, is ridiculous, so, bro. Like yeah. the Luminative Shrine and the Seraphon uh, Pyramid are just like very good compared to, and then the Braystone obviously compared to like the Morpot and stuff like that. So I don't know. I'd like to see. Yeah, like well, well, every army have one, and I'd like it to be pretty. It's sort of like on the same level. Mm-hmm. They're all bent or they're all balanced or they're all crap. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you can do some cool movement things with it too, just like pulling people out oh. into garrisons and stuff like that, which is... Yeah, and the fucking um, boats now. I don't have boats. Oh, sorry. Anyway, um, I keep going. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's I think it's cool as long as they keep it to just like the um, faction train pieces. It's, it's good. It's good, makes sense. Um, it's great for the little heroes with little 32 more bases and then you put them in like in a loon shrine or in a temple or something like that and now they've got like a fucking 160 mil base like it's really really quite good like obviously can't move but um makes them more defensible and gives them a bigger aura which is good but um yeah i don't want to see like random terrain pieces on the board being garrisonable because then you start playing some weird siege warfare game where there's no fucking models on the table and no no thank you yeah, I think that's more my thing is like I don't I don't want to see like every building on a table be garrisonable because like that's just yeah, it becomes a, like a different thing at that point and like I don't think the AOS rules are robust enough to to handle that scenario like and it creates a discrepancy mm-hmm. between tables and like all all this kind of stuff. So like yeah, like I, I don't mind faction terrain being garrisonable, but um I I'd like to see the the entire terrain system get get an overhaul. I think it's the weakest part of AOS, um, and um, so, yeah. Yep, yep. I don't have anything to add other than what I've already said. Uh, Zane also says Zane has a little conversation with himself here. So next couple of questions to Zane: uh, Which old world, <laughs> which old world army do you think needs an AOS reboot? So this isn't even about masters, but whatever. This is going all over the place. Sure, sure. So have you, you got an army that wants you want to be rebooted? I want just like basic bitch greenskins or tomb kings, please. Tomb kings, probably. To be honest. Cool. And fucking OBR is not tomb kings. Fuck off. Okay. Jesse. Uh, well, we already have tomb kings in AOS. It's called OBR, so I just want to point that out. Um. <laughs> from the call now that'd be great but on, a, on a serious serious note um what would no i mean i think the thing i like about aos is that it's it's like a reinvention and it's like a different kind of fantasy than the old world was right and like i think the fact that you can have like yeah steampunks guide dwarves existing alongside like underwater elves and like all this different stuff is like that's that's kind of part and parcel with the setting and like i kind of like the wacky stuff and like to be honest i wish that aos would kind of push that a little bit more and get a little bit more wacky um and uh i think the old world can kind of kind of stay in the old world and 
they're rebooting it again. So you know it's gonna be it's gonna be a thing before too long. But um, I did see the uh, like the Kislev bear cavalry. Like they showed some artwork for that, and I was like, yes, this. So I think that like that would be cool. But just yeah, keep it keep it in the old world. Um, but I'm pretty keen for some bear cav. Yeah. Yep. Um, I don't know. Dark Elves. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with GC that the old world is first in the old world, but maybe some sort of using likeness of the old world could be appropriate, but I honestly don't really have an opinion on this. Um, Zane says, why can't, get hired? why can't he get hired in mid-tables? And we'll just move on from that. Uh, Stephen asks, <laughs> why... Why are people with what a what a personal shot here, Stephen? I don't know who you're referring <laughs> to. Why are people with one event this season on the Masters Committee? Does it rotate are there minimum requirements to be on it, etc.? So you guys are both on the committee, so <laughs> you can speak to this far better than what I can. Um, so I mean, it does rotate. So it it does rotate. So that answers the middle part of the question. But has uh, it rotated? Or have people just stood down and and? Oh well, I yeah, came because... on. Yeah, because year. we don't have Dan Street and he had zero events, so uh, mm. Jesse's in that spot now. <laughs> yeah. I have two events, thank you very much, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool, I think that's as much as we get out of that one. That's yep. fine. Um, what do we got next? Uh, Ryan now who Masters embodies their army. Like, if you didn't know them, and after having a beer, you're like, yeah, that guy plays Sonesh, in his example. Who lives in Breeze Army? Probably Mitch. He's got, like, dirty facial hair at the moment. Looks like a rat. So, yeah, shout out Mitch. What's the, um, what's the rat from Ninja Turtles? Like, the old master? Oh, the old guy? Yeah, yeah I know. Mitch about. looks exactly... It's not <laughs> what And like, I mean that as a compliment, right? Like, as like the oh, what's the the, the freaking yeah, the whatever, whoever like the like. Shredder's the bad guy, right? Is it Shredder? I think it's the bad guy. Uh, I can't remember. Or something. I don't know. Yeah, the rats like the boss. A uh, splinter. splinter. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, he looks after them more. Plus, like, if any if anyone in the scene embodies an army, yeah, it's it's got to be Mitch. It's like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cool, cool. Easy as. Sean doesn't look like a fucking high elf, does he? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I got, I got maybe somewhat of the height, but I'm definitely not slim at all. So, yeah, that's... Um, yeah, anyway. Um, what else have we got here? Uh, Sam says, were you scared of trolls at MorningCon? I don't know who Sam's asking because none of us went. Oh, no, Jesse, you went to MorningCon, didn't you? Oh, I did go to MorningCon. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, maybe yeah. I will see you. Did you play okay, trolls? This is, yeah, this is, this is Sam. I played Sam. Um, yeah. Uh, nah, because the Achillean King just, just hosed them. So, yeah, no, nah, not really. Although I will say, like, it's, it's funny because, like, trolls are one of those things where, like, I feel like I underestimate them a little bit, and then I'm always surprised by like how tough and how hard they can hit if they roll well. Um, and plus, like when you when you get a unit of six and you you finally kill them through the five plus ward, 
and then three of them yeah, come, back. come back. Yeah. Just feels it feels so bad. Although I will say this, I wasn't scared of the trolls because he failed every single re-roll to get them back in that game. So sorry, Sam. Good. <laughs> so, Most good. Yeah. We like that. We don't want to slow the game down some more. Uh, and then last question that we have is Jamie saying, are you disappointed in the lack of Bok presence at Masters? And if so, why is it all Bart's fault? Uh, I only know him as Bart. I've actually never spoken to him. You guys obviously have. Uh, Toby, you played him at Masters last year and Jesse's Bart's mm-hmm. local play. How do you actually say his name? Bart, Bartosh? Bars, Barzal? I don't know. Yeah. I, I also, just call, him, I'd also just call him Bart. But I think Bartos. Bartosh, I think. Yeah, um, but, but I mean, personally, I'm super glad that um, he's not bringing goats because uh, maybe he'll play to time. And uh, <laughs> that's like not not super shade because like that's a hard army to play to time. Like, like I'm going to give him all the benefit of the doubt there and say that like pushing around a zillion goats is like a, it's a it's a tricky thing to do to time. But uh, it's probably not an army to take to masters if you can't play it to time. So that's all I'll say there. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh wow, Jesse's just coming on and fucking dumping on her local community. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking down uh, for this. Not, not um, too hard, not too hard. No. Just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's pretty well known, but it's time issues playing with goats, to be honest. Um, but also, them. like, who wouldn't? You know, like, it's it's an army yeah. that, like, is, it's a lot of bodies to push around. So, like, yeah. like, I feel it, but also glad he's not bringing it. Yeah. Yeah, he played it last year when it wasn't as good at Masters, so yeah. maybe he's learned from that experience. Um, I think in his case, it's totally a painting thing. He just doesn't have yeah. the... Or no, it's not a painting thing, it's a traveling thing. He's yeah, not he's sure how to bring... That. Yeah, yeah how to bring them down. Plane, which is, yeah. I understand. His, his yeah, fair enough. His models look beautiful. Wouldn't yeah. want to break him and For the rest. Sure, so, sure. Yeah, I'm just glad that all that wind ain't coming from all them units. Um, mm-hmm. Cool, so that's all the questions. I've probably missed some, but whatever it's my podcast do what i want um so <laughs> we'll go on to you guys wanted to do less less yeah less right? and then better yeah let's this first yeah all right so we're gonna bang through lists so uh tubby jesse do you guys have lists open how do you want to do this you yeah want... man i got yeah, i got lists yeah, open. I got do, do you want to read it do you want me to read it do you want to do one at a time how are we doing this i'll, I'll go through off. the first one and then yeah we'll just trade off cool cool all right go ahead tubby uh, Adam, so first, first up, we got Adam with uh, Seraphon Thunder Lizard. Uh, running through the list, he's got Stegadon with Skink Chief, uh, Engine the Gods, Slain Star Master, Skink Star Seer, Skink Star Priest, Skink Priest, 10 Skinks, 10 Skinks, 30 Skinks, 5 Camo Skinks, and a Bastie with a Emerald Life Swarm. Uh, he's got a couple of Warlords in there and Hunters of Heartland. It's all of the Seraphon players have taken max heroes, which I think is really interesting. I think not being able to take Sally's like they probably wanted to has left some spots that they want to fill with something else. Um, but personally, I don't think any of the Seraphon lists into a shooting list are very good, to be honest. Um, there's just nothing on the board. Like, there's so many points in heroes. You can shoot all of the skinks off first turn because they're like bravery five. Um, and then it's just a bestie and a bunch of fucking heroes and none of them can summon because they're all playing Thunder Lizards. So, um, like, obviously the list has great output. It's a very strong army in Seraphon. Um, but 
removing the Sallies, I just don't see what's on the board because, like, I can see my army, Sean's army, um, anything with some good ranged output will kill every single skink on turn one and then kill the Bastion on turn two and then you just have six heroes. And, like, sure, two of them on Stegs and they count as five models, but, like, they ain't got nothing left. Like, yeah, it's it's. I don't. I don't. I don't like these serifonless. So I think. I think what I would say is that yeah, I, I agree with some of that. Tubbs. I think that like, well, I guess first off, there's a reason why Thunder Lizard is maybe the best army in the game right now, debatably. But it's 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 up there. Yeah. Um, the New Zealand meta is a little bit different, but like looking worldwide, yeah, Thunder Lizard is 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 at the top pretty much right now and so there, there's a reason for that but that being said because like i play against thunder lizard a lot because steven morris is my regular like partner and i play a lot of games with him he runs thunder lizard i think he runs a better list than all of these lists no shade um but um the specific weakness to this list is good damage one shooting um especially mortal wound shooting and so like um i think that just like tub said like his list has no problem with this um both of the doc lists have no problem with this um sean your list has no problem with this like lumineth is really good into this so i think it's just like yeah this list is very very strong i think but it has some specific counters um, and I think that you guys happen to be playing two of the armies that specifically counter this kind of list. Um, like going into this list with anything that like relies on multiple damage, that minus one damage is just crippling. Um, mm-hmm. And the Segadon and Skink Chief, uh, or the Skink Chief on Segadon rather. It'd be nice if it was a Segadon on the Skink Chief, but no, it's the other way around. <laughs> um, is... Uh, just has like so many attack profiles and it can just put down so much hurt like i've been caught out by that before for sure so yeah i think it's a solid list i think all of the lists that are all the seraphon thunderless lists are solid but i think they have some very specific counters and there are there are a few of them at masters so i do worry about how these lists can go especially against doc especially against lumineth I think um, obviously the just damage one stuff chews this list up really good, um, but also anything with just like multiple damage, mortal wounds just goes straight through, so it kind of just negates the whole point. And I think because both of them have one bestie, like you're leaning on that bestie for a lot of damage, and it it does a lot of damage. Don't get me wrong, um, but there's no redundancy because there's only one of them. In, in both the lists, like there's two besties in these lists instead of um instead of um some just stacking it out with heroes, I think it would be in a lot better spot. Yeah, um, I agree. Well, like, it'd be lists, a lot more of a threat to to me personally. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. The, the lists are sort of like that one block of thirty skinks is is kind of where the layering buffs are going to go in this in this list, um, and yeah, I I just think that like that's not probably the way you want to run this again to point to steven like he runs two basties um and just min blocks of skinks to to be speed bumps and to do objectives and i think 
think that's probably a better way to play this type of list right now. Like I think that even though Basti's give up an extra point, I think that you still take two of them. I think that's still a better choice at this point. Mm. Um, Cause I think that like, I think maybe people got a bit psyched out with that, um, that party target points. But I think that at the still Dawn, I think you, you want to have a sec a second one for redundancy, like Tubbs is saying. And like, I think that, yeah, you can only double shoot one of them, but like they're monsters, they're super tanky. Um, they can do battle tactics easily. They shoot well. Like I think, I think two of them is still is still very solid. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree with both you guys. I think he's like the Seraphon list that it was just the one base. I think you just fuck that and you just lean hard and you just go whatever. I'm going to give up more points if I do, but. On the flip side, I'm going to have three or four Basties and I'm just going to shoot everything off. So I think I would have just gone all out Bastie, to be honest. Um, you guys might be a bit more aware of this because I take it that you know Seraphon better than I do, which it's not hard. Double Warlord, though. Lots of artifacts. Any juicy artifacts there? Unless this has already been covered off Why it was AFK? Uh, I think that's um, a mistake, to be honest. I think that I think that you you want to just have the one artifact and and I think you still want to low drop with this army. Mm. Like I think that yeah, I, I would not go with the with the extra artifact here. Um Cloak of Feathers is nice, but um Yeah, I mean he's got yeah. three artifacts here. I yeah, I don't think I don't yeah, think. Yeah, that's anything that stood out to me is like why yeah. does he have three artifacts? Exceed yeah. Exceed Grubs, if that's how you say it. And the feathers you know like i don't know anyway there's there's just no like both of the seraphon lists are very high drop um high drops good especially when so many people are taking one drop because you can counter deploy really well uh but <clears throat> if they backboard and give you first turn these seraphon lists don't have any threat so that's a real yep. issue um yeah yep. because yeah a lot of these lists can just <clears throat> Previously, doubling one into two has been really bad, but a lot of this list has so much output that doubling one into two um, can basically just neuter someone's entire army very easily. And you need to get up there and contest those objectives in, in turn one. So you kind of have to start putting some stuff up, um, which just, yeah, yeah, it just leaves you very open because there's nothing left in the army than just heroes and uh, and some very squishy skinks. Yep. Yeah, I, th I think the Seraphon is one, especially Thunder Lizard, is one of those armies that there's a very specific ratio of buffs to bodies that you want to hit and buffs to output, right? And I think that this one has gone too heavy on the buffs and the artifacts potentially and not enough balance on on output. Um, like, and I think there might be another list in here that we'll see in a, in a, in a bit that's gone too light on the buffs. Um, because like mm. Seraphon really needs those buffs to like make everything gel. Like they need the run, shoot, and charge on the on the Steggy or on the Bastilodon. Um, they need the like sixes or mortal wounds. They need the reroll ones to hit. Like they need all those layered buffs to really make their thing happen um, and to make that output happen. And I think that like that's a tricky list building thing to to balance that ratio with like your number of bodies and like stuff that can actually output and i think maybe this list has has leaned um a bit heavy on the on the buffs and the artifacts and the 
bit light on the actual uh, other stuff. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Cool, cool. I mean, part of why I built my list the way I did was for Funder Lizards. And there is a couple of Funder Lizards, and the Funder Lizards we have are not what I was expecting. So yep. I probably feel better, I guess, about it. But I, one of my, definitely when I was building a list was how do I beat Funder Lizards? And that's why I was worried about foxes, because I was like, the Basties will just shoot them off. And I know they don't get extra points, because the Basties also a, a hunter, war score, or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. But, like, even if you take out the foxes, that still fucks with a lot of what the fox list does, because they score your objectives mainly is what they do. Um, yep. Anywho, second list is Aiden's. Uh, surprise Aiden's coming, to be honest. He hasn't been in the scene for a minute. Uh, Absolutely shocked. Yeah, I was... I, Penciled him as a definitely not coming, but he's coming, so that's cool. So he's got a maggot kind of Nurgle, um, befouling host. Uh, he's got essentially the free great unclean clean ones that are rice fold. So he's got two great unclean Rodigus and Beast Nurgle, two times ten plague bearers and Nurglings, then a rice fold and a hunters. Um, this feels like a list from. I, I don't know too much about the new maggot king book. I haven't played against it. I don't believe other than plague bearers. And different armies, but this feels very like 2017. Oh, it, yeah, it's it is. Like a, it's it's a, a old book. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, that's, that's, yeah. That's, that's what I figured. Given that Aiden hasn't been around for a minute, he's probably supposed to come hang out with the team. And yeah, oh yeah, and like it'll be fun. Like he'll push three big lads around. And it'll be fun, right? Um, yeah, three fat boys is always good. Yeah, like on on any any mission or any battle plan where he's pretty far apart from his opponent. He's going to have a real bad time because that four-inch move feels real bad on those three great yeah. and clean ones. Like, he's yeah. just, this list is so slow, just painfully slow. Uh, but that being said, like, you can just throw those guys in. If they get in, they just sit there all day and just give you disease points, and it's a pain. So, um, yeah, I think it's, like, it's a cool list. I don't think it's a super competitive list, but I don't think it's intended to be. So... 194 points per fat boy. It's pretty much 1,500 points in free models. Exactly. It, they, it do, is. Yeah. Do they do that much work? I actually have played against New Medic. No, this, they don't do that much work. Like don't show me. Okay, cool. So, yeah. um, He's got plenty of time for selfies, so that's about <laughs> <laughs> good, to, good to see you back, Aiden. We'll have a yarn when, um, next weekend when we catch you. But, yeah, I coolest. Uh, so we've got Alexander Sinclair. So I like Alex. I like his list as well. Played against it. It's Daughters of Cain. Uh, Countner. So that is the... Toby, help me out. Retreat, so retreat in charge. Retreat in charge. Yep. Cool, cool. He's got the Medusa Iron Scales, the General. He's got Marathi. And he's got 15 Bow Snakes, 10 Combat Snakes, 10 Witch Elves, and then 2 times 5 Canary Heartrenders. With the Viper, which killed my Lawmaster once, so that fucking sucks. I quite like that Viper. Viper's Don't know pretty good. Yeah. Don't know it's if it's worth good, 95 yeah. points, but... Fuck it's it. expensive, yeah. Yeah, like, that's a wet dream against Fire Slayers, eh? Or Old Fire Slayers, I should say, at least. Mm. Uh, Stormcast, not so much now, because the heroes all have lots more wounds. Um, and he's in a battle regiment, so it's one drop. So it's pretty... Is this pretty cookie, kind of pretty classic Murphy and the Bow Snakes, guys? Is that what we're seeing? To, uh, to an extent, yeah. I thought you had the teleporty one, isn't it? That you normally have for Murphy and Bow Snakes, is that correct? With Temple that teleports? Yeah, a lot of the time. One? Yeah, a lot of the time. That's what people do. Um, or you take Hagnar this, with a cauldron for the plus one save, which is great. 
Yeah. This yeah. this this is real reminiscent of um the doc list that I played Alex with um at the last tournament that I went to. Um but obviously really with the points changes. Yeah, but yeah, it was at the Cosy Club. Um <clears throat> I'm not a fan, to be honest. Um issue is there's it's a combat based temple. Uh with no defensive buffs. The combat based buffs are very good. Um because of the retreat and charge. It's super good for Marathi. What's normally really good about uh, Dockless is that the Bow Snakes, while they're a ranged predominant unit, uh, they're exceptionally good in combat um, because of the buffs you can layer on them. Unfortunately, there's zero buffs you can layer on them other than Mineraiser in this list, which I think yeah. really puts yeah. it down in my eyes. Um, the playing it in Kalpnar as well, like obviously 15 bow snakes with three victory points. Um, and there's no inbuilt defensive buffs, not even a plus one save, no ward save, no minus one to shoot at, no nothing like that, uh, which is going to make them like a very vulnerable target uh, if you oh, do want to take off. And it's a very pinnacle part of the army as well. Like it's it's 30 wounds on a five up save. It's not hard to take off. Mm -hmm. It's uh, I think you're potentially coming at this from the wrong angle though because the army is so aggro it's a one drop the medusa makes the bow snakes run to d6 and shoot so his threat range is massive yes his threat range is massive so i think it's i think it's yeah i think it's well i don't know you know doc better than i do so i'm not going to argue with you on that but i think his plan is just to go aggro and table people as soon as he can with an unkillable marathi getting up in your ship pretty quickly and then 15 bow snakes just, you know, pew pewing you from wherever they want because the movement is so good. Yeah, the, so the, the movement's really But you're good. right, there's only two threats in the army, and that's the the bow snakes and then Marathi, although the combat snakes are pretty good as but well. The, 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 the combat snakes are uh, a good output as well. The bow, snakes, the bow snakes are a fine unit, and they're an exceptional unit when they're within shooting range in the hero phase. So if they're not within shooting range in the hero phase, they're just an okay unit they're not especially giving up the three points they're they're not a f like amazing fucking sentinels level unit um they need that hero phase shoot so you need to set it up and if somebody doesn't come into range because i assume it's just going to give first away most of the time um if somebody doesn't come in range of the bow snakes in the first turn he's really dropping a lot of um of potential I think there's just a lot of things in the list that just don't translate that well into AOS 3. Like, he's got two units, Heart Renders, <clears throat> which have been a fantastic unit since their existence. Um, a lot le less useful in AOS 3 because you only have to contest, like, two objectives most of the time. Uh, so having two units to them is fine, but part of playing Kalknar is you get a free unit of uh, Harpies, which are Heart Renders or Life Takers. Oh, yeah, so essentially true. he's got three units of Heart three. Renders. Yeah, and that's yeah. part of the reason he's got Kalpnar, like one of the big buffs to that. But he he doesn't need it because you don't just like snag objectives like you used to like that. Um, Fife is a fantastic spell. Snakes are great. Rathikane's great. Iron Scale's great. Um, I've never been a big fan of the daughters lists that go away from a couple layered buffs, and this has zero layered buffs which is i think why i'm pushing so hard against it um and yeah. marathi's buff which is fantastic minus one rune plus one damage amazing 
but you have to cast it and it casts on eight, which has got plus one. So there's yep. a lot of good other casting armies that are coming. There's Kairos's, Teclis's, uh, Seraphon that can shut that down easy. And then I just don't think this list will function the way that he would like it to. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm in the I'm in the same boat. I, I don't like this list as someone who's played a lot of dark. Um, yeah, I just it's it's exactly what Tub said. Pretty much, like I agree entirely on on every single point. Basically, like I'd love to see some shadow stalkers instead of the life takers or the heart renders rather, because uh, then you have a screen that can teleport every turn. Amazing, you know, like the yeah, it's just like all he's the only screen in here is the ten witch elves. Like if you play this against Bloodtooths or against anything with some ranged output, um, it just removes most of your army in turn one, whether you give it away or not. Like yeah, Marathi's great, but she's not going to carry the game by herself. Um, and that's the thing is like this list: you throw in uh, a cauldron, you put it in Hagnar, and it becomes like thirty percent better just just by that one change. Um, yeah, yeah. Like he could play it in Keltnar if yeah. he had a cauldron, so he's got some good prayer buffs and plus sure. one save. It would be a lot better. Yeah. Um, but like you said, those those stalkers are not... they're so fragile, right? Like they're such yeah. a glass cannon, and like the difference between like having them in in cover, maybe near a cauldron in your turn one, just to like help with the alpha, and maybe losing. Five, eight, ten, instead of losing the whole unit to an alpha, it's it's a huge difference. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I don't I don't hate Keltnar. I think that like retreat and charge on on the Shadow Queen is incredible. Um, just not being able to tie her down makes her such a threat because you you can't kill her beyond end of turn two, start of turn three maybe. Um, but yeah, I think it's just it's, it's missing the buffs. It um, is missing a couple key units. I think you can do it in Keltnar, but I think you just you uh, you yeah. need, need some other stuff in there um, to to really make it to make it work at like an optimal level. Um, and it's it's still a good it's still a good list. Like it still has fifteen Bloodstalkers and the Shadow Queen. Like those are amazing pieces. But into the field we have at Masters, I think it's going to struggle. Yeah, like Kautnar is a fantastic faction. I've played it. I've done very well with it. It's been super oppressive and awful for my opponents to play against. Yeah. Um, The list, like the army and list as itself is not bad. Bad. Like it'll 3-2. It's fine. Um, But I think if he constructed his list a little bit better, he would have been uh, more up for a... 4150 sort of um sort of bracket but i just don't see it getting there because it has got too many downfalls mm. for sure yeah absolutely yeah so i've played alex with this attack list actually and um a couple of things that you guys mentioned earlier uh, if you remove the bodies outside of murphy and the the bow snakes he doesn't really have anything else i mean obviously that's a pretty redundant statement kill but two units he's got nothing but um, his bodies goes down pretty quickly. His iron scale needs to do a lot of work with the buffing the snakes to make him quicker. And if you can get the iron scale, which is pretty vulnerable to be fair, um, 
it's it's his army doesn't function in the same way. But I like Alex. Alex is a good player. I'm sure he can work it out. It wouldn't surprise me if he top five, sort of, you know, even better. So I believe Alex. I believe in you, brother. Um, mm-hmm. Cool. So list that was teased earlier. I'll let Tubby talk about this list because, it, I mean, maybe Jesse knows Crawl's boys better than Tubby, but it's his favorite list. So come on, Tubby, tell us about Anthony's list. What's he? What's he doing? Okay, so Anthony's playing Crawl Boys, Big Yellers, uh, because that's pretty much the only way to play Crawl Boys right now. Uh, he's got Snatcher Boss with Egomaniac, so it's a four-up like bodyguard save. Uh, Fasten for a free move. Uh, the Swamp Caller, uh, Sneaky Miasma, so he can uh, make one of his monster units move, which is really nice with the next combo coming up, which is Kill Ball. Kill boss on the vulture, uh, which is given the arcane tome and nasty hex. So nasty hex turns off ward saves, uh, which is only like a twelve inch range. I'm pretty certain. Uh, but with sneaky myers turns off ward saves. Yeah, it turns off ward saves. Yeah. Oh, okay. So uh, kill that guy first. Yeah. So it's, it's a <laughs> yeah. twelve inch range, which is not very good. It's pretty uh, pretty sharp. Yeah. So it's a spell yeah, to however, sneaky myers like around him. I no, it's a spell cast. Plus, you, you just auto-unbind it, Sean. Yeah, 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 I was going to say. Yeah, yeah so, you just, you yeah. just shut that down. Yeah. Cool. That's yeah. right. I forgot that their spell mm-hmm. lore is amazing, but they're terrible at casting. Yeah, I forgot about they that. They just have no bonuses. So, yeah, you just yeah. you turn, turn it off. Yeah. We're good, guys. I was sweating there for a second. Sorry, Toby, continue. Uh, so, the the range is always an issue with Nasty Hex, but with Sneaky Myers, it lets him uh, move that unit 14 inches and then cast a 12-inch spell. So, it's a 26-inch range threat, which is really good. Uh, the real that needs to be a big wombo play uh, because it means Swamp Caller can't buff uh, any of his Bolt Boys units, which he obviously wants to do uh, to get them proccing the mortals on fives. And then going through the rest of the list uh, 10 Gut Rippers, 10 Gut Rippers, uh, two six man units of Bolt Boys, two three man units of Bolt Boys, some Hobgrots, and a Killbow. And it's two drops, it's all just in two Battle Regis. So this is the sort of Cruel Boys list that I don't personally like, but it does get a lot of love. Uh, it's essentially just 18 Bolt Boys just fucking brapping the fucking world off. Um, <clears throat> it's very bad against shooting, unless the terrain's good. If the terrain's good, uh, and you can pop the Allegiance ability to make the Bolt Boys uh, invisible uh, to, to range, very good. You can sit there and just shoot away all, all game. Uh, it's quite strange to see an 18-man uh, Bolt Boy army with only one uh, Swamp Caller Shaman because they, they they typically like to take two. Yeah. Uh, the list is just going to absolutely blow some people to bits or it's just going to get absolutely stomped. It's Yeah, it's just going to go one way or the other. Um, like <clears throat> Snatch Boss with the Bodyguard save. It's very good for keeping the Snatcher Boss alive because the Snatcher Boss is very good. Uh, he turns up extra mortals, which just turns the whole army into some ridiculous mortal spewing output army. Um, the issue is he's got 36 wounds on a 6-up save, which essentially does all the work for his army. Um, so without good terrain to hide them in, um, they're just going to get fucking wasted off the board by anything with, with, with range. Um so I'm interested to see how he goes. Save, they got a six up save. 
six up save two wounds and their bullshit bravery right their crap bravery. yeah 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 bravery mm-hmm. bravery poo um yeah but he so, can issue like inspiring presence three times with his general is that right or somewhere? so he can so the the vulture boy uh he can issue the same command ability that's already been issued in the same turn so somebody else oh, okay, yeah. needs to issue the first inspiring presence and then okay, he can he issue can the second it. one yeah yeah um very good for unleash hell like exceptionally good for unleash hell things like that yeah that's what's um, like in presence unleash hell yeah uh but yeah the fall down with these lists is always just that it's like the thing that does all the stuff in your army is so fucking easy to kill like insanely easy to kill um mm-hmm. so he, yeah he's he's gonna do fine i i can i can see like a, a three two out of him um but the games he loses he's just gonna get absolutely pumped yeah his range is too short compared to all the other shooting that's coming out yeah okay. yeah like tw- yeah 27 inches if he doesn't move 15 yeah 27 is okay yeah 27's fine um well, but you really take... want to be moving the bolt boys to get the optimal yeah. output so yeah that means you're moving them out of cover a lot of the time um yeah i think it depends depends if you can i mean so like looking at this list right like there's there's two changes i would i would make immediately one is to take three of those bolt boys and stick them with a six to make nine so you have a, a nine uh and a six and a, and a three i guess um if you want to take that many um and then you drop the kill bow for a second uh swamp claw, claw shaman because um yeah if you if you want to be casting uh sneaky miasma you want to also be doing poison on at least your big unit of bolt boys yeah yeah have, if not have a nine man unit to put them on eh? yeah, yeah and then yeah. To, and also like the thing is with the covered in mud right to d to d3 so with four units, he's only going to be able to hide three of them if he has three pieces of terrain and rolls a five or a six on the D3, right? So like if you combine and you put like one unit of nine, if you only roll one or one or two on covered in mud um, and you have a piece of terrain that's big enough, you can at least hide the big unit, which is like the critical one to keep safe because like Tub said, they they die to, to a breeze, right? Like... And so, I, yeah, I think it's just there's too many things that exist on like a dice roll here. And if he loses the Bolt Boys, he's lost all of the output. Um, the other thing is that um, I don't know if he's taken because you can do the uh, I don't think he's taken it. There's a you can do a redeploy, right? But he hasn't, he yeah, hasn't taken it's, that. It's it's a different command trait. So he's taken yeah. the um, resilience on his general. I probably um, would have taken the, that one as well because that lets mm. you, if you want to, take the nine bolt boys and like midfield them and take the first turn. If against certain lists where like you know you can delete one key unit, um, yeah, or you just wait until they have deployed. And then you flip that nine to a different side of the board, and suddenly your opponent's like, "Oh, oh no!" Um, so yeah, I, there's there's things I would change about this, but I probably also wouldn't take eighteen ball boys, you know. So that's that's neither here nor there, I guess. But yeah, I think this list will either just completely mince things, uh, or it'll you'll die in the first couple turns. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. 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 Cool. I don't really have anything to add to that other than. 
it sounds like you do want another shaman in there because I do know the shamans are pretty dope. Yeah, and I mean, he's he's 1950, so he could have dropped the Hobgrots and, you know, that's 130 yeah. points right there. So he could have banged it into a shaman. Maybe he doesn't own one. Maybe he really likes Hobgrots. Maybe he doesn't want, I don't know. And the shaman's but, only 105, yeah, so yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, he's not hard to fit in the second one, for sure. No, no. All right. Cool, cool. So now we go on to um, Bart. Bart. Bartosh, if that's how you say his name correctly. I'm so sorry, Bart. I'll ask you when I see you at Masters how to correctly pronounce your name because I don't want to mispronounce someone's name. Um, and his list title is You Should Not Lose to This, and it's Ogamore Tribes. So it's a blood gullet. Uh, so he's got named guys. I fucking hate that. Uh, so <laughs> he's got a frostlord on Stonehorn. <laughs> he's got a butcher. He's got a butcher. He's got 12 gluttons and a big fat unit. That's a lot of fat boys. Uh, two Mournfang, two Mournfang, eight Iron Guts. Um, and that's it. And he's got a Warlord and a Hunters. And he's a seven drop. So, Ogre more tribes. I like the Stonehorn. I always love Stonehorns. They're very good. Um, other than that, I can't really say much else, to be honest. Like, Glassons yeah, are just um, the basic infantry, right? And then Iron Guts are the yeah. heavy guys. I mean, you, I th- the, the name of the list is is correct. You probably yeah. shouldn't. You probably shouldn't lose to this. And like yeah. Bart obviously knows that. Like he knows he's not bringing a. Oh yeah, I think he's taking a it top list. Yeah. Like I so. think he's he's bringing this partly because he wants to play ogres, partly because it's easy to transport, and partly because it's something he's, he can have fully painted to his own standard by the time of masters. Well. You know, like they're gonna look amazing. And the thing is, like he's. Bart's the kind of guy that won't play with models that don't meet his exacting standards for painting. So, like, a a lot of this list is, like, I'm sure it's, like, it's what he has painted, it's what he thinks he can get painted by Masters, and it's also what he thinks can fit in his flight case, you know? So, yeah, it's, it, it is, it is what it is. You know, it's not, it's not amazing. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's Bart's pretty models that he's got painted up nice it's not a terrible list construction at all uh i think the list construction's completely fine but it's not optimal uh Mm -hmm. not not even close to optimal um but yeah he'll do fine if you can get into combat cool one destruction list to another ben black do you want to talk about this juicy because i know well you obviously know ben far better than me and tubby so Sure. Yeah, I can. I can talk to this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so um, this is essentially kind of more of the same. It's a. It's an easy list to bring down from Auckland to Wellington on a plane. You know, that's that's part. That's part of it for sure. It's like nine models. Yeah. It it's also yeah. like it's a list that like it's a it's a it's a real destruction list, right? Like it it does one thing and it does one thing well and it's that you push things into the into the middle and charge things and 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 try to smash stuff um which is you know it's it's an effective strategy in some cases and it's also like a fairly easy list to play in terms of that like it's not a hyper techie list it's a list that if you go hard the saturday night and you come in Sunday morning and you're real rough you can probably still push this around and do pretty well like it's not going to require thousand percent of your brain power to to make it work um which is you know which is a, i think a, a good thing in some cases um but yeah it's uh it's kragnos uh it's the big boy uh it's frost lord and stonehorn and this is a blood gullet list as well 
command trait, nice drop of the red stuff. It's one you got to take. Splatter Cleaver, it's one you got to take. It's also good. Uh, mount trait, Metal Cruncher. Again, it's the one you probably want to take. It's not mandatory, but it's the one that does, um, uh, what is it, D6 mortal wounds if the target has a 3 plus save or better or four plus yeah. save or better that's like a that. four plus save or better. Four plus save start of the combat phase it's quite start of the combat phase so it's one of those ones where like you you throw the, the frost lord in he's getting a 3d6 charge from kragnos he's doing the morals on the charge hopefully you roll big but then he's doing metal cruncher and and that'll delete a lot of stuff like that's that is some some scary output there yeah yeah um, something that could charge a screen kill it with the impact and the middle crunching. Exactly. And then go into and whatever's then, behind it. And, yeah, and then pile in and slap something. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It's it's yeah, it's it's real scary. Um and then you got the husk guard on on Stonehorn as well. Uh and then you've got battle line uh uh three times two Mornfang, real simple. Um got a battle regiment there. It's three drops, so it's kind of that mid mid to low drop area. It's not going to have the choice against a one or a two drop, but it's enough where against the lists that aren't, you know, trying to one or two drop, it'll probably get to have the choice of turn. Um, and yeah, I think it's it it's good for what it is. Um, I think that uh, a lot of this list doing well is matchup and battle plan dependent um, and also dice dependent, like, if he rolls hot, again, this list can can delete a lot of stuff. Uh, if he gets a good battle plan, if he gets a good uh, if he gets a good matchup. Um, flip side of that is Kragnos with a six plus ward is pretty squishy. It's got a two plus save, but with the rend in the game right now, with the mortal wounds in the game right now, with the long range shooting in the game right now, if you take out Kragnos. At 720 points, and that's like the linchpin of the of the list. Um, really, it's Kragnos and the Frostlord that are doing all yeah, of the totally all, all of the output in this list. The Huskar on Stonehorn is fairly tough, but actually hits pretty soft for what he is. Like the 3d6 charge helps, but again, you got to roll well on that to get the the maximum mortal wins out of it. So. Um, yeah, I think it's a decent list. I think it can do well into the right matchups, but uh, I'd be a little bit worried against all of the shooting uh, and some of the control lists that we have, uh, that Kragnos is, is going to be um, a little easier to take out yeah, than, not than, long for the world than uh, might like. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think he can bully people with those three units, uh, two stone horns and Kragnos, but like only in a combat matchup. Yep. But beyond that, it's... Yeah, like I, I think that's about it, really. This, yeah, like it wouldn't surprise me if he just sort of went three o day one because he just was like combo charge three dudes, you know, every time sure. and sure. T- took off half people's armies, and then the next day he gets stomped by a couple of shooting armies or something like that. Eh? Like I really don't know where Ben will go. I think he'll probably go middle tables. It'll be a fun list to play. It'll be, fu- it'll be fun as fuck. You'll, sure. I think as you said, you're living and dying. You're holding your breath every time you roll three d six to charge. Um, you know, yeah. But other, but other than that, I think it's, um, I think it'd be cool. I think it'd be fun. I don't think Ben's looking to win. Uh, I think he knows that. I hope. Um, yeah. It's, but he could still, you know, if you misplay, and those three big guys get into range of something extremely juicy, um, 
you could really fuck up your your vibe. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is the best more tribes list at the event. Um and I think from what I've heard from you guys, it is going to catch so many people off guard. Um I've played this almost this exact as exact list with a different core battalion. Um and then I moved on to a slight variation, but it is it's got a lot more game for it than initially meets the eye. Um, <clears throat> it's going to give the shooting list a very hard time, um, in my opinion. Uh, so, are you worried about that, this list personally, Tubbs? Like with your army? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. would, I would be a little bit worried about this list. Um, <clears throat> the way this list wins is it gets in you roll 3d6 charges uh on all your units so obviously more tribes on the monsters uh pops mortals on four pluses for your ca- your charge value mm-hmm. uh so rolling it on 3d6 adds more dice you should get a good 10 or 11 which should be five or six mortals mm-hmm. um frost lord popping his command ability lets you re-roll that so you can fish for higher dice if you're right in their face because you can't mm-hmm. uh, fail a charge anyway it's a lot very very fast army um <clears throat> really cool part of tech in it uh, is everything in the army gets six inch pylon as well as Kragnos, uh, because it's just for friendly units so go in there blow up a screen no worries at all pylon six inches and then things like Kragnos have a three inch reach so you've got essentially nine inches back uh from your screen uh, which means a lot of the time uh, because you've only got ten and a half inches i think of um deployment space on the uh horizontal boards uh, means you can't actually protect anything bigger than a uh, than a 25 or 32 mil base uh if your screen blows up this i've played this list into the stormcast uh shootcast list um the six long strikes 15 judicators and just blew it up every time um because while yes your list dies at the end of the game um they can't score you put Kragnos counts as 30, so if you're putting them into a Stormkeep army where they're really good at holding the points early games, uh, Kragnos counts as 30, so a lot of the times he just caps those units anyway, and everything else counting as 10, the two big monsters, uh, means that actually getting up any points in the early game is very difficult, and that's when all its output comes out. Uh, So you're going to be losing models hard, and you're also going to be losing objectives hard in the early game, and then... Obviously, yes, this this list loses all its models in the late game, but um, if you've played it correctly, you should be so far ahead that it doesn't really matter. So, uh, yeah, I'll definitely push back on saying that this list is on a good versus combat armies. I think it's the complete opposite. I think this unit, this list is very good into the um, into the shooting base armies with, especially if they've got limited screens. Like those Seraphon armies, going to have the fucking worst time of their life into this. Um, yeah, because you have to in kill. Place correctly. You effectively because, have to kill a Frost Lord and a Kragnos a turn, and not a lot of armies have that type of output. No, yeah. And it will get to you first turn. It will blow your screen up first turn before combat, uh, and then it will pile into the meat and potatoes of your army in the first turn. Um, be very careful how you deploy against this army because having played this exact setup, I've won a lot of games in 
the first turn essentially by um, misdeployments and not understanding quite the output that the army can put in uh, before mm. you even get to the combat phase and start piling in six inches. Um, it's it's a good list. I can see this going for one. Yeah, I think that's a good call. I think it will catch people out who aren't prepared for it. I don't know if a lot of people have played against Kragnos yet, um, especially since his since his buffs um, have gone off. Um, so yeah, I, and I agree. I don't think it's only good into into the melee matchup. Um, I guess yeah. I guess probably I'm not very worried about it personally, but then again, I'm playing mm. I'm playing an army that's sort of built to deal with stuff like this, mm. um, and I think a lot of it's down to, um, yeah, like I'll, as with anything, a lot of it's down to to priorities and matchups and deployments. There's, there's just a whole bunch of things in here, but I think that Ben has put himself in a position to take advantage of other people's mistakes um and the fact that he can just like pin people as tubs was saying early doors and then just prevent the scoring and like yeah he doesn't care if he gets tabled at the end of it right if he's if he's ahead yeah. on, on points it's fine so i think that is a very viable strategy and and one that you gotta you gotta watch out for with this list because i don't think it's i think it, this list may be maybe the most out of all the lists coming can play ultra aggressive and not really have a downside. Whereas I think that there's other lists that like can be aggressive, but maybe against certain lists they want to like, they want to wait. I think this doesn't get punished for just going ham as much. Yeah, it'll be a shit time having to fight Craig Noss and two Stonehorns in your deployment area. Why he's scoring behind it? So uh, I, think, <laughs> yeah. I think the big, yeah, I think the biggest thing is that he can just close the gap real quick with, because what Stonehorns move for the team ten, and then if they're hungry, Four, it's two fourteen. 14 so yeah, yeah, and then Kragnos goes ten or twelve, ten, and then three d six charges. So yeah, and then Mornfang are eleven. So yeah, everything's pretty much like minimum twenty to twenty one. Yeah, so, inch, so if you're, range on if you're eighteen inches away, you have bad news bears for you, my friend. Um, one thing Ben will definitely not have to worry about is the chess clock. So, yeah. What well <laughs> I mean, you, you will not have an issue with time, I tell you, my friend. You'll probably have the issue of having too much time. Um, yeah, so yeah. Then, we, then we got Bo, who um, surprised me with his pick, to be honest. I probably should have <laughs> seen the right on the wall, but yeah, yeah, I was not picking the Living Cities army from Bo. Anyone got some big feels on this? I've any named all his characters, and that sucks because it's harder to read what's what. Uh, so this is the best list at Masters. Bar, yeah, hands down. Yeah? Yeah. Let's go, Jesse. Come on. Um, I mean, this this, this list uh, is... I mean, we saw something very similar win LVO, something very similar won AOS uh, Worlds. Americans don't know how to play Warhammer, so... <laughs> something very similar won AOS Worlds, the singles event, just today. Um, it's just, it's so, it's so strong. And with someone like Bo playing it, who is a very good player, um, I'm incredibly, incredibly scared of this list. Um, so it's, it's Living City. Um, it is uh, an anointed who is the general 
It's a sorceress. It's Dorelia Van Dents, who's just an, an amazing tech piece. It's 20 Phoenix Guards, 10 Phoenix Guard, 10 Dark Shards, 10 Shadow Warriors, 10 Shadow Warriors, four Fulminators, two Storm Grit Jake Guard uh, with the Lance. Uh, so the damage two on the Ren two on the charge, as opposed to the swords, which are a bit more reliable, but are just damage one. Um, yeah, and the, the big thing about this list is it just, if it wants to, it, it null deploys the, yeah, the Fulminators. Yeah, it all deploys the Fulminators, the Storm Drake Guard, both units of Shadow Warriors. Um, Phoenix Guard, uh, four plus ward, super tanky. The Fulminators will come on from the board edge, they will shoot you, they will move after shooting, and they will make a three-inch charge into you and uh, and delete whatever they want. Um, yeah, it's just, it's a list that, like, keeps its power pieces safe until it wants to use them and it uses them basically without rolling dice um, in terms of getting them into where they want to be um, and if you've got someone who's got a really good grasp of the game like like Bo does and um, yeah it's it's very it's very scary uh, so yeah that's that's basically yeah. it I Bo will hate to hear me say this but he's my pick to, to take out the event <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i agree i think this list is a lot like like the last list we just talked about um where it's very good into these shooting armies which haven't taken a lot of screens um or or protection outside of screens uh if you get doubled by this list into a good double you lose the game um <clears throat> yeah you need to be able to zone hard and uh and screen hard this list is probably going to struggle into the uh, Legions of the First Prince lists unless uh, unless they outdrop and start getting stuff around the board first turn. Um, but outside of that, I think this list is going to be a big problem for um, the majority of the shooting armies going. Um, it's just reliable. Like there's just there's no dice for anything. There's no positioning for anything. It's it's a lot like uh, the IDNF that Bo's been playing for forever. Um, it's just the new version of the, the IDNF he's been playing. Um, List really good. It can give up a lot of points. Um, so if it starts to go downhill, even if you can't take care of the rest of it and maybe fall behind on uh, a battle tactic and some objectives a little bit, you'll be able to make yourself your points back um, purely because he has, he has uh, three extra points to give up. But um, yeah, this army fucking slaps. Like, yeah, be very careful how you deploy. Be very careful how you zone. Um, don't forget he's going to shoot and then move. And if you're up for the double, you need to be a long, long, long way away from this army, uh, or it's going to roll through and um, and get into your into your good stuff. Yeah, it's um, it's it's funny because like it's. Looking at it, it's like, oh, of course, it's a it's a bow list because you're you're right. It's like it's the way he played his deepkin, but just for for the for the current edition. Um, and in some ways, it's it's scarier. <laughs> like those fulminators will just delete anything. Uh, and yeah, again, like Tub said, it's just it's just so reliable. I mean, I think I think the the trick with this army is like. And I think this is the thing that Bo 
absolutely has the skill to do. But the, the trick with this army is knowing when to bring on the fulminators, like when to go for your knockout punch. Like there's a lot of sequencing. Um, you've got to have a hero nearby to, or can the, is the command ability issued from a hero or can it go on any? Yeah, you, you need a hero. You, can't you need a hero nearby. Elite. So you, there's some sequencing um, you need to, to do to like make this happen. You know, like you have to be somewhat near the board edge and then a hero has to issue the uh, the shoot and then move command. Um, so there's a lot of tech in the army and it's not necessarily like a just push a button and, and win kind, kind of an army. But yeah, again, I think it's an army that rewards good play and i think that uh it's being it's being pushed around by someone who who can can do the business so yeah my my advice going to this list is if you're not up to get doubled by bow um stay more than 18 inches away from the board edge with any sort of flank you don't want to get charged because the storm drag guard is fine they're gonna do decent damage um They've got a, a longer threat range from the board edge, but uh, if you can allow the fulminators to shoot, what, what you need to do is you have to stop them shooting because if they can shoot off the board edge, then they can move, and then they have threat. But if you can stop them shooting off the board edge, then they have no threat. So he's going to be looking for those opportunities where somebody's within 18 inches of the board edge. Absolutely. Um, to fuck your ass, essentially. Yeah. Okay. And, and, the, and the, the, the Storm Drake Guard in this list... Like the storm drake guard aren't aren't the power piece it's yeah. the full moves like the storm drake guard are there yeah. to like come in and pin you or to like come in and take an objective because they each count as five models on an objective or they're there to come in and like delete a small hero and then and then be in your backfield like like the, the storm drake guard are actually kind of swingy and and kind of low output if they don't roll well um but what they are is like just fast and fairly tanky and really good on objectives so yeah look for the storm drake guard to be more of that like that pinning and that like that kind of tech piece but then yeah look for the fulminators to just absolutely blow things up yeah yeah that's the track in, in addition yeah. to that he's also got an anointed and then three sorry not three 30 models 30 guys of phoenix code as well so you know, they are pretty good in combat, but more importantly, they hold a lot of objectives. It's a lot of bodies. It's a big footprint. It's a lot of ward save he's got there. Um, what is it, 32? So it's effectively 60 dudes of the ward, unless you kill the anointed. But um, it's got a lot of tricks. I mean, I was happy to see he wasn't playing Deepkin, um, personally. But, yeah, it's it's still typical bullshit move stuff from Bo, which is pretty typical, to be fair. And then watch out Just, for Duralia as well, because against demons or wizards, she does some crazy damage that you may not expect out of her. Mm. Um, and like she can pop on from the board edge. She fires twice if she doesn't move. Yeah. And coming in from the board edge doesn't count as moving. So like she can pop up. And then just like nuke a five a five wound hero in in like in two shots in, in one yeah. shooting phase. So like With the ward save and all. Yeah, she's she's like for 115 points, she is such a good piece and something to to be aware of because um yeah, she will delete a support hero, especially a wizard, without even thinking about it. So Yep. 
Cool, cool. So uh, next up, Fraser. Uh, so Fraser is the last ogre list that we're going through. Um, he's playing Boulder here. Uh, so plus one wound to all the monsters. Uh, <clears throat> he's got a husk out on Thunder Tusk, uh, which is his general. So some healing and some funky, funky goodness. Uh, two Frost Lords. Uh, they both have their mount traits and artifacts stacked out, or artifacts stacked out on one. So uh, they're going to be hitting on threes and twos, uh, both of these Frost Lords, which is very good. Uh, the Fire Valley for some anti shooting. Uh, business, uh, Hogthorn, uh, two units of three Yetis, six Gluttons, and then Hogthorn's boys. Um, it's a very standard sort of ogre setup where there's three or four monsters in the list and uh, minimal uh, foot troops, I guess. Um, the list is fast, has good output. Uh, mm -hmm. Take the two Frostlords down and the, and the list is done um yeah but yeah it's it this list comes down to how much work can you get out of the frost lords um if you can get a lot of it out of it he wins the game if one gets shot off nice and early nice and easy uh he's in a bad spot and loses the other one and it's pretty much it's pretty much gg um frost lords are really hard to kill if you can set up one at a time sort of thing because you can obviously Best day ever, so they're on a two-up safe base uh, before any um, command abilities are spent on them with the five-up ward. And there's some healing opportunities in this list too. So uh, you can keep them around quite well. Um, but yeah, the, the list is really leaning on, this, on the Stonehorns a lot. Um, I would have liked seeing another one, just put three in there. Um, but obviously yeah, wants Huskard to make the Yetis. Yeah, just Huskard to make the Yetis um, battle line. But... Um, but yeah, I do, I do love seeing the Yetis. It's a there. fine that's, list. That's great. Yeah, just put some Yetis in. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I think, I'm sad you didn't go. Uh, go ahead. I think they've gotten a lot worse in AOS three because of redeploy. Um, sure. Yeah, absolutely. The six inch pylon's very good uh, and good at stopping the shooting units, um, but they're not fast enough to keep up the frost lords to stop the unleash hell for the um, for the shooting units essentially. So it's yeah. It's it's fine, but it's um it's definitely not my favorite. More tribes list. Yeah, I think this is um this is a this is a three two two three list. I think yeah. Um, which is fine, and then it's you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to play. Um, it's always fun to just push around three big uh, three big mammoths. So yeah, I think it'll it'll be it'll be fine. But um, yeah, I think that. Um, as you said, Tubbs, that Ben is by far the strongest mod tribes list here. Cool. I don't have anything to add. I like Stonehorns. I still think Stonehorns slap so hard. I still have trauma from Matt Britton slap, slapping me with four Stonehorns all the way back in AOS 1 with the old Battle Brew of plus one, plus one. And then, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> they're really good. I fucking love Stonehorns. I think they're cool. I've always wanted an army of four Stonehorns. Um, just for shits and giggles. Yeah. So then we, then we got James Struthers, uh, who's new to the scene, uh, like yourself, Jesse, but probably just a bit more recent. And he's been doing very well. He's playing a lot of TTS, and he's playing a lot in person, from what I understand. Um, and he 
topped it off by winning Silverstream SmackDown, whatever it was called, uh, back in March. Um, this tournament where we there's like five of us going four one, but he was the king of the king of the four one, so good on him. And he's playing uh, Iron Jaws, which is what he's been doing well with along with daughters. So he's playing Bloodtooths. Uh, he's got a mega crusher on. Sorry, I was going to do what you did, Jesse. A mega boss <laughs> on more crusher, not the other way around. Not a mega crusher yeah. on mega boss. Yeah. Uh, and then he's got a war chance of get him and a war chance of fix him. Oh, the mega boss is like obviously destroyer and fast him and you know whatever. Uh, and then he's got six pigs, six pigs, six pigs, three pigs. So he's got twenty one pigs. Uh, and then he's got a um, ripper snail thing as well. And he's in a battle regiment, so he's one drop, which I think is something he. I played him at Silverstream, and his big thing was he was a two-drop at the time. And I think he's taken that away and gone, I really want to be one-drop. Um, and he's worked to get to that one-drop. So this army is super quick, as all Iron Jaws armies are. Uh, the interesting piece is that he's done away with the Shaman for the teleport. I'm guessing he might have assumed that his magic's not very good and there was going to be like a lot of slans and maybe techless and stuff like that and a lot of good casting around so maybe he's just gone fuck it I'll just have an extra war chance and I'll make it a one drop instead of having four heroes um, I mean the army moves fast enough anyway with you know fast and, and mighty destroyers and the rest of it so he can be in your shit turn one if he wants he doesn't tend to go first and go super aggro but he has the ability to do so um, or he can just feed your pigs you know six at a time or 12 at a time even uh, and then coming with the big guy uh, i like it i like that he's made it one drop um it'll be interesting has a lot of damage a lot of damage yeah. a, lot of, a lot of freight range yeah i think with like this kind of like blood tooths list with all pigs um i think you you definitely drop drop the shaman you don't, don't need the teleport here like if you're taking brutes or art boys maybe you take the teleport um but uh, yeah, in this kind of list, it's it's fast as hell. I don't think you I don't think you bother with the shaman here, to be honest. I think you just you just double down on what the list does well, uh, which is what this does. Um, extra watch war channer in there. Yeah, I think that's that's totally the right move. Uh, this list is terrifying. This list is absolutely terrifying, mm. uh, and um, it's also a list that. Um, if people haven't played against it, like the whole list can oh, charge it'll get you. Yeah. It'll it'll charge you. <laughs> You'll get whole, got. Yeah, like if this list wants to charge you turn one, it will do so with whatever it wants, and it will pop up the Wa and it will all be at Rend three because Gore Grunters are stupid and they have Rend two base, which is just ridiculous. Um but yeah, it'll just it'll delete the world on turn one if it wants to, or whenever it wants to go in. Basically, it can just choose when to go in. Um, so yeah, it's extremely one note. Um, it just does what it does. It moves fast. Uh, it moves in the hero phase. It charges you, and then once it deletes you, it moves again with the pigs with the command ability from Bloodtooths. Um, it, it just yeah, it's one turn. The mock rusher just goes Super Saiyan with Destroyer and just gets like so so scary. Um, I guess the thing with this is though, like if you can screen well enough, if you can somehow survive the Wa, 
then all the picks become a lot less scary. Well, I mean, <laughs> there's still damage to Rentu, but they become less scary if they're not on the Wa. Uh, and if you can somehow snipe out the War Chanters and they lose the plus one damage, then the pigs become extremely easy to do. Well, easy-ish to deal with. Uh, they lose most of their output if they're not damaged too. Um, so yeah, tips against this, if you can somehow screen, if you can kill the war chanters, um, just be aware that it can hit you whenever it wants and it can do that wah and be randazillion. So. Yeah. Scream yeah. very well though, because it'll you know, smash and bash him. So oh yeah, it, it probably can delete a probably can't. Violent, violent, like, yeah, you, so. to be honest, like none of the lists here can probably screen this as well as they need to. Like I don't, I don't no, think there's a no, list no, here no. that can. It's <laughs> you can try, but um, like I played against a list very similar to this, and I managed to use terrain, and I was playing IDK, so I threw up my boat as a piece of blocking terrain, and uh, I managed to mitigate it somewhat. Uh, but uh, then I lost Brady in a turn two and just shook the hand just ended the game there because that was it so it's yeah it's very scary yeah this is the best combat list at masters by far yep it's just so much redundancy so fast um i think it'll give uh sean's luminef list a very big fright if it outdrops him um yeah. I think it just wins, honestly. Yeah. If it outdrops, yeah. I think if it outdrops, he's wrong. It just wins, wins and he takes first yeah. turn and just yeets. Hundred percent, it wins. Um, just, just without, without rolling, it wins. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just wins that game. So it's a, um, yeah, it's a very scary army. It's gonna be hard to play against. Um, and if he wants to go aggro, if he wants to play it, that'd be the saving factor. Yeah, yeah. If he wants to start playing it a bit slower and wait till um. You start contesting objectives it's just going to be equally as good as if it yeets at first turn so it's yeah it's yep. a very very good army and if Basically, you can't kill I, the war chanters you're in trouble my list because i knew something like this was, was going to be there like my entire list is basically built to try to handle an army like this yeah because i'm just so terrified of it like um this is yeah. probably my, my second list to win the event is probably this one um That's but yeah aggressive list yeah, it's just so hard to deal with, which is, um, I think, the only lists that potentially have a chance against it if things go well is Legion. But even then, things have to go well for the Legion player. <laughs> like it's not, it's not like Legion just dunks this. It it has a lot of ways to help mitigate it, but it's not, it's not, uh, it's not uh, not a sure thing by any means. Yeah. No, I think it's a very good list, very aggro, and um, I think if you're wanting to win, you're going to have to come up with a game plan of how to beat this, because James will likely be hanging around the top tables, um, assuming that he's continuing on his his form that he's done for the last nine months or so at the last several tournaments, so watch out for that list. Uh, Jesse, Jesse's list, he's got a list near and dear to my heart, Hello Night Stormcast. Uh, he's from Gur, don't know why, just is. He's got Gardas, he's got Lord Relicta, of course it's High Priest, and of course it's got Mirror Shield, and of course it's got Translocate, and he's got Nine Encanter, Celestial Blaze, and he's got a Battle Mage from Gur. That's why he's from Gur. should have known that. <laughs> My bad. And he's got Ten Vin... Vindictors? Vindicate? Which way? Vindictors? Vindicators? Which way? Vindictor. 
Vindicta, yeah. there you go. Vindicta. So unit 10, so he's reinforced it. Uh, unit 5 lips, 5 lips. And then he's got 6 long strikes and 4 fulminators. Um, yeah, he's a storm keep, so he can't deploy off the board. So he would be very worried about the list we've just talked about. James, I guess the saving grace is that Gardas, his ward is just always up. It's an aura, so that's mm-hmm. really handy mm-hmm. for him. So traditionally, to be honest, these types of Stormcast lists, and I've played a Stormcast list very typical, well, very similar to this, actually do very well against those Iron Jaws armies because they have lots of armor and they have a ward save. Like his whole army is a 3 plus save, except the Battle Mage. So he will be, except the long strikes with 4 up as well. He's in a battle regiment and he's got a vanguard, so he's a free drop list. And of course, he's got uh, Thunderbolt Volley for the double shooting long strikes. So. Pretty cookie cutter, except it's not um, him as a Sigma, and he's gone for Hallowed Knights, which I think is a better option, to be honest, because I think Gardas is really, really fucking good. And if you're not he's going so one, good. and if you're not one drop, I feel like you do need some sort of redundancy in defense to take the alpha. And I feel like a five up ward to your whole army is that redundancy on top of your good armor saves. Uh, in addition to that, he's got a lot of activations on his battle line units when they die. So he's got the obviously the lightning blast, which you know you roll dice equal to your wounds plus one for thunderstrike, and every six and mortal wounds. So it doesn't sound like a lot, but on those vindictors or whatever they're called, it's thirty odd dice. So you're looking at you know five-ish mortal wounds, which is pretty good. In addition to that, the redeemer units. So whenever they die in combat, on well whenever they die and they're within an inch or something on a four up, they fight before they die. So even if he is getting smashed and bashed or alphaed by Kragnos and friends or, um, you know, the destruction armies we just talked about or bows, fulminators and shit like that, he does get to activate before they remove. So anytime you can do something out of phase, yeah, it's a four up 50-50. It's always extremely beneficial. Um, by the way, when you charge the liberators when you're on objectives, you take mortal wounds as well. And then if liberators are near mortal wound, uh, near objectives at the end of the turn, you also take mortal wounds. So a lot of chippy damage, a lot of out of sequence damage, especially with the obvious once shooting the arrow phase and then fight on death for his battle line units. Um, yeah, I think it's about as good as uh, the long strike fulminator combo can get. To be honest, uh, he's got the encanter for celestial blades, so the fulminators are winning on twos. Uh, he's also got. Whatever that battle mage spell is, the wild form, so it's plus, plus two to charge. Plus two to charge. Yeah, so it makes the fulminators, you know, 10 inch move and then a potential 14 inch threat range, assuming they can declare a charge um, or any of the Double other units. Charge. So, yeah, it makes it far more reliable. So I've played against this list with my Luminef. Uh, Jesse won. It was a very close game, but I do like this list. And this was a list I was not this exact list, but something very similar to this. I wouldn't have taken the battle mage properly, to be honest. Um, is something that I was looking at for myself. So, anything you guys want to add? I would no, like man, to see it as a one drop. It's cookie cutter stormcast. I think it's really good. Yep. Yeah, it's a really good list. Um, it's probably in the top top five lists. Yeah. If you yeah. don't do it for long strikes and just let them just shoot the whole game, it fucking sucks. So, yeah. Yep, well done, Jesse. Going from one Jesse to another Jesse. Um, Tubby, you want to rate this list? Shit list, yeah? Or do you, should we let Jesse talk about No. Go no, it's, <laughs> no, it's, it's uh, let, let one of you guys do it. And, and uh, yeah, hit, hit me hard. 
Cool. Yeah. Um, uh, it's poo. Luke's list is awesome, though. Let's talk about Luke's list. <laughs> no, no. You're, you're more familiar with uh, Legions, so go on. Yeah, it. man. Yeah, sweet. Uh, so it's Legions and First Sprints. Uh, we got Balakor, uh, a Rage Thurster, Kairos, Corn Demon Prince, uh, Fernal and Rapturous, uh, Sloppity. Two units of flesh hounds, ten plague bearers, spell portal, uh, and it's five drops. Um, it's pretty, it's relatively standard uh, legions first prints set up with Bellacore, Kairos, uh, even the Rage Thurster, um, mm-hmm. Dean Prince, mm-hmm. uh, spell portal stuff like that. Um, there's a lot of good tech. Um, if it survives the early game, it's really just going to roll on and um, and smash most armies in the late game um just by the good like the good chips like say against james's this we talked about earlier a uh, jesse can just take off a war chanter um almost guaranteed uh with the portal and kairos um obviously making his charges harder is always good uh Sloppity's a fantastic piece um especially if he's summoning if um jesse's summoning more uh plague bearers mm-hmm. Um, just to stop the pylons, and it it really just shuts down armies. It's it's a very ridiculous um, ability on Sloppity. Um, essentially, uh, she can make the um, the pigs or the more crush or or anything just not be able to play the game. Um, all you need to do is tag a unit three inches away, go to two point nine, uh, hit them with Sloppity's like. What is it? Lovers like a ripe, ripe fart. It's really, good. it's <laughs> really it's, great. I think it's that. great name yeah. for the ability. Yeah. Um, and then they can't even pile in, so they're just yeah. essentially stuck in combat where they can't actually fight. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's very negative to play against, um, but it does struggle in the early game until you get some summons off. Uh, obviously, because there's very limited um, things to put in front of your face. Mm-hmm. Um, but let the the game start to roll on a bit and. Um, by about turn three, you should be looking pretty pretty with um a couple more units of plague bearers on the board and um yeah and not too many worries. Yeah, that's essentially it. Like that's that's basically the 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 analysis there is is pretty spot on. Um, it just this list tries to layer as many debuffs and tries to do as much as possible to make sure the other player can't play the game they want to, and they, it hopes that I get some summons off early, exactly like you said, and then I have some bodies to actually just uh, just play the game myself and, and just win based on that. Um, yeah, I mean, I've got basically super reliable unbinds with Kairos. I can flip a dice once per game. Um, the Rage Thurster is quite a lot of damage. Rage Thurster also has the uh, command trait to give a 5 plus ward to anything wholly within 12. Um, Bellacor can make things fight on death, Bellacor can shrug things off to demons, Bellacor can shut down one unit once per game, for two turns potentially if they double me. Uh, Sloppity shuts down pylons, also has um, the arcane tome to throw around some extra spells off on a flank, because that's often where he is, depending on how things go. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty pretty straightforward and if it all goes well for me it's pretty terrible to play against to be honest yeah, yeah um sure. the, the downside is exactly that the lack of bodies um 
if you can force me to use my once again control early in the game out of sequence when I don't want to have to use it, that's a really good way. Like if you can just apply lots of pressure in different ways and try to bait out Bellacor, try to bait out Kairos's once per game dice flip, uh, as opposed to me using it when I want to use it, um, then that's a, a pretty good way to, to deal with this list. Um, the Infernal and Raptress is like my favorite tech piece that I've been using recently. Um, for those that don't know, she has like a shooting attack that's pretty non-consequential, but what her real thing is, is she forces rerolls of successful spells within 24 inches of her. And if the reroll is a double, the caster takes D3 mortal wounds. So the cast being a double isn't really the thing that you want. It's that they have to cast every spell they cast twice, and then Kairos can unbind. And if he rolls a 5 or a 6, he's unbinding on a 10 or a 12 um, because of his abilities. So um, she can also unbind as if she was a wizard with a plus 1 to unbind as well. So even just her on the flank or in the middle in terrain, next to a unit, so she's minus one to hit. Um, she can cause a lot of trouble when you have someone who is like having to roll casts yeah, twice and then risks getting a really decent unbind from Kairos who's sitting nearby. It's just like another layer of control in this list, specifically in yeah. here for like the magic matchups, which there isn't a lot in the meta right now, but Lumineth is one of them. Um, obviously, the real casting doesn't work against um, Teclas because he just auto casts on on certain numbers. Um, but uh, if I can force Kairos or force Teclas rather to just do two casts on twelves because he's maybe worried about Kairos unbinding, and then every other unit in the Lumineth army that's casting is having to reroll, um, that's some some decent control there. So. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the shooting attacks are in three, eh? It's like twos and threes are in threes. It's still like that. Uh so the shooting attack has two profiles. Is, yeah, the, the long range one. Yeah, the one I use Rend most three. often is just six attacks, threes and threes, rend one for oh. one. Um yep. so it's just like a maybe you kill a couple of battle line, um kind of a thing. But um yep. yeah, her her biggest thing is just she's a summoning vector, um, if I need her to, but yeah, if I can, even in the first turn, if she can deploy within 24 and just shut down one turn of casting from an army that really needs it, um, it's it's worth it for me. So, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's the, it's the fir first of two lists, two Legion lists, and I like mine better. I'll just, I'll just say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, I guess my minimal feedback on on your list you see is it's mm. literally the most the closest thing to hero hammer i've seen in a long long time um because you're looking yeah. for all your heroes to to do all the all the lifting essentially you got like yep. 1600 points and in, in heroes which is dope as shit i love that um the other concern is that i think your list gives up the most extra points out of everyone's list because of the amount of monsters in addition to the prime targets you've got um, yeah, it's really leaning on the control because, like you yeah. said, yeah, if it if it goes down, it goes down hard. Um, yeah. But my my feeling is like, if I lose Bellacor, if I lose Kairos, um, I've lost the game probably already. Yeah. You know, so it's one of those things where it's like uh, swings and roundabouts 
if I get to yeah. that point, it's bad for me anyway. So why not make it worse? <laughs> so I've, I've played against the legends that's very similar to this once before. And yeah, um, yeah, if you can't deal with those pieces, uh, it's it's bad news bears for you to be honest. It's it's a very um, it's a very different way to play Warhammer to be honest. It, doesn't let you do shit you want to do essentially it doesn't hit like a truck but it just fucks up your day by interrupting what you want to do and you don't have to give away your trade secrets here or anything juicy i'm not looking for mm. that but do you ever pop the kairos dice with the rage first uh, mortal wound absolutely so it depends yeah. on the situation but like, like if you've done um, like two sixes you're like i'm going to change it third six and your whole army's fucked Depending on how and how bunched up they are, yeah. absolutely. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll give a story, um, just real quick, um, not to throw Ben under the bus, but like, it's just you have oh, to, you have to, uh, you have to say it because it's just the the best thing. So I was playing against Ben. He was running essentially the exact same list as you, Sean. Um, it might actually be model for model the exact same list. I can't quite remember, but it was very much the Techless Thirty Sentinels, a bunch of Wardens list. Um, yeah. Pretty standard. Yeah, pretty standard. Um, and so he'd pushed he'd pushed everything up, he'd pushed the wardens kind of into the middle to get on the objectives. And um, it was I think round two, and it was my turn. Um, and he was just to be fair, like in no shade against Ben. He was just limit testing the army and kind of limit testing what I could do against him. So he decided to cast four spells on Declas on tens. Which I I told him going into it, I was like, if you cast four spells on tens, yeah, Kairos will Kairos will unbind the one that you don't want him to unbind. And he's yeah, like, ah. he's like, now nah, I'll I'll do it. So he he rolls, and Kairos unbinds Protection of Teclas uh -huh. on a twelve because of of course, right? So that that happens. So there's no there's no award save. Uh, and so then it comes to my turn. And I'm like, okay, here's forty wardens on the objectives with no ward save. Um, so move everything up, throw the Rage Thurster in. Um, I think I missed with one attack. So I got four attacks through, triple sixes and a five. Did 12 mortal yeah. wounds to yeah, yeah. three units of wardens. Yeah. Uh, one oh, of which okay. had taken some damage already, but like in the end it was like he killed 34 wardens of four damage, like just in the mortal wounds pop. Yeah. And we just shook hands at that point. Um, so, but all that to illustrate, like if if I can get a situation where he's already rolled a six or maybe two, um, yeah, I'll absolutely spend Kairos's dice yeah. to, to, to flip a third one um, if it's going to do that much damage. And like, really, this list, the Rage Thurster and the flat six mortal wounds from Kairos, Kairos yeah. is almost the only output. Like, Bellacore is like eight attacks that do two damage at Ren 2. Like, it's okay, but like, more often than not, if you throw him in, he's he's having a bad time. So, like, then the Rage Thurster, if he doesn't pop the mortal wounds, it's like Ren 2 D6 damage. So, it's incredibly swingy. Yeah. Um, and then if Kairos takes more than three wounds, his damage drops to D6, I think, on the on the mortal wounds instead of flat six. Um, like it's a pretty serious reduction for not a lot of wounds lost. So like in reality, although this list in an ideal situation can punch hard, it usually doesn't 
So it needs the control to go off. Um, like I can't rely on the damage uh, by by any means. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm definitely vibing that because, yeah, it's it really is a couple of models that do auto heavy lifting and the rage first. Uh, if you have the triple sixes, uh, which I've had once, and it it's just a complete game changer. It's ridiculous what 12 mortal wounds to everything with an eight, and <laughs> in addition to the 3d6 damage that the units attacking takes as well, assuming it's yeah, absolutely. Punch. You know, you're like, oh, there's all your support heroes gone plus something else. So, no, it's, um, I mean, it's cool. I think it's cool. I think the only thing that you'll have trouble with is, um, and you might not, but potentially screening against some of those armies that we spoke about that just want to come across turn one to slap you in the face. Um, yeah, you're right. I feel like if you do lose Kairos or Bellacor, then your day becomes a bit harder. But it's yeah. not all over because you can, as Tubby was saying, you keep you can replenish troops, and if you roll lucky enough by turn four, you know you've got four more units. So, yeah, um, the bodies do come. It's just you got to protect those those resources that generate the bodies. But yeah, yeah, I think it's a good list. Like like Legion just is, it just fucking fucks up your day in all the wrong ways. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cool. 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 Nice. Well, Luke. My friend Luke, uh, nice and reasonable Luke, with his Thunder Lizard. So this is what I was expecting to see, but not quite. I was expecting to see like four Thunder Lizard's armies, um, but we've only got two, I think it is, and they're not what I thought they would be. So Thunder Lizards, he's got a Scar Vet on Carnosaur, he's got a Skank Priest, he's got Engine of God, he's got he's got all the heroes, he's got a Stink Star, Stink, Skink, Jesus, words are hard, man, Skink Starseer. Slan Starmaster and a Celestine Prime Hammer of Sigma, which is the wildcard pick in this one, I guess you'd say, having the, the Prime in there. Uh, he's got 30 skinks, 10 skinks, 10 skinks, and he's got Hunters, and he's got two Commander Entourages, extra artifacts. He is 10 drops, so he is lots and lots of drops. Oh, and he's got a Basti as well. I missed that Basti, sorry, with a Solar Engine. So, Tubby. Thunder lizards, not what we're expecting now. No, it's it's much the same as the last the same, one. It's essentially the same as the other one. Like I understand he's got the prime. He swapped out the scar vet um, for the the skink boy on Stegodon, but it's it's essentially the same problem when I look at this list. That it all so much relies on the bestie. Um, lose all the skinks, and you don't really have any um, objective power. Um, prime's great, but he's also super swingy. Um, and he really needs to start dropping in the late game um, to to start dominating the board. But honestly, I think by the time you get close to the late game, he's just going to have no way to um, to to hold the objectives or keep armies out of his fucking six or five heroes aside from the Celestine Prime. So um, yeah, I think it's going to have the same issues as the as the last list. I know it's slightly different with the with the prime in there but i think it's more or less the exact same um exact same deal yeah yeah so i think there's a lot of similarities to the adam's list the other funder lizard list we saw um where i believe our critiques were that there's sort of too many heroes and not enough other shit um yeah i don't know like every time i play seraphon they just seem to do whatever the fuck they want so 
like they always have a rule for something or they can do whatever. So I'm hesitant to, you know, critique it too much because, to be honest, a lot of it's quite unknown to myself. But yeah, there's a lot of similar themes from the last one. Like the battle line layout is exactly the same skinks, skinks, skinks. There's the one Basti, which feels like if you're having one wave and have one, you might as well go like two to three to maybe even four. Um, the six heroes as well is, you know, cool. But yeah, like unlike Jesse's army where he has, you know, all those heroes and they all have a very specific role and they all do a lot of shit and then they have abilities to amplify the army and bring other units on. I feel like this army is just made up a lot of the heroes. And then, as you said, once you remove the skinks, what does he have to score with? Because he's certainly not walking that slant up, you know, in the skink star series. Are they like four yeah. wounds or are they six wounds or something? Yeah, yeah. They're all going to hide in that fucking temple anyway. And then the Celestine Prime has to do a lot of cleanup in combat because as far as I can see... You've got the Prime and the Scarvet as combat units. Um, yeah. And that's my non-Seraphon player interpretation on it. So, yeah, like it's similar themes to the last one. I feel like I feel like the Seraphon players that have everyone were the most concerned about giving up too many points by not spamming Basties and Salamanders, whereas I think better role might have just been, fuck it, I'm going to go, anyway. go hard into yeah. it. And yeah. there's a reason they're worth more points because they're really fucking good units, you know? So, yeah. yeah. Like, it's, yeah. That's my opinion, at least. Yeah. And then next up is Sean's crutch. <laughs> Sean's, Sean's struggles. Not, not the crutch, more the boogeyman, to be honest. Yeah, so. boogeyman, that's a better word. Yeah, I've had a, I've had a not so good run against Mark recently, I must say. I think we were, I think I had the better of him in our first handful of matchups but i think he's won like three on the row or something now yeah. which is which is not good for me but mark so mark williams local stormcast player he's um probably more dedicated to stormcast now than what i have been to be fair because i've used other armies and he's only ever played stormcast so uh yeah so he's got a him as a sigma and it's a very different stormcast army as well so he's got very a prime. mark army it is he's got a, a prime which Mark has used the Prime on and off for years, so that's nothing new. He's got a Knight Judicator of Griffhound, who I kind of like, but I think I like two of them more than I like one of them, to be honest. And he's got the Lord um, Imperator, so the guy who makes people drop three inches away if they've got three wounds or less. He's got a Knight Encanter, uh, which is, you know, just a good pick at 125 points and just spell scroll. He's got five Liberators, ten Vanquishers, which is a bit different, to be honest. And he's got two Dracoff Concussors, so not Fulminators. So these guys that are ones with the Hammers, they have, off the top of my head, their three attacks instead of five on the Fulminators, and their two damage rent two all the time, and six is a hit, two mortal wounds. So that's the difference between the two. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're slightly cheaper. And then he's got um, three units of Anat, sorry, Two units of three annihilators with the big hammers, so not the two up save, the three up save, but the slappy hammers. And then he's got blast from the past. What is this <laughs> thing? Everblaze Comet. Yep. You know, which is I think probably good beer there, Tubby. By the way, I think is the most expensive in the spell for what it does, which is not a fucking lot. Mm. Um, he's got a better regiment. He's got hunters. He's four drops. It's I don't know, like, 
Mark's uh, beaten me like three times in a row, so I can't reek. I'll, I'll say like I don't like it, and then I'll draw him around one, and he'll beat me. So I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm just not gonna say anything of it, and I don't get the fucking Everblades comment. Oh, and his holy commander's call for aid, which he can only use on one unit, which is the Liberators. So I think that might have been a misplay. I think the run and charge one might have been a bit better with like the Dracoff or the Annihilators when they get on the ground. Mm. Uh, I like the Night Judicator, but I think I like two of them better than I like one, to be honest. I like the Ren Free and the Flat Free damage, but two shots, it's it's a hero hunting dude, but it's not reliable. Two, 205 points, man. It's a lot of fucking points, two shots, though. So yeah. I don't know. Then, like, that's all I'll say about this because, as I said, I'll draw him, he'll slap me, and then everyone will be like, oh, fuck you, Sean. So <laughs> yeah. I'll leave it that, to you like, guys to dissect this. Mark brings a lot of very different lists that uh, that actually work really well um, a lot of the time. When you when you first look at them and you go, what the fuck is he up to? Um, I think this is the exact same thing from Mark. Um, however, I don't like this list at all. Um, concussors are just awful compared to Fulminators. Like... Though I absolutely love them. Old Stormcast book, fantastic. This book, absolute poo. I think they're rubbish. Um, I do like Vanquishers. Um, I don't know about 10 in one unit. I don't like that at all. Um, the Annihilators, obviously very good. Uh, very good with the Lord Imperitan. If he can play with the Vanquishers going in first and the Annihilators following up in, in the first three turns. Uh, that could be quite good. Open up some good holes and armies for things like the Prime and stuff to come through. Um, the comet, the comet's just bad. Um, there's no reason it should be in the list. Um, I've never liked the Knight Judicator. Um, Imperitant, uh, I've played with a lot more recently, and I think he's actually really good uh, in Scions. If you've got like three uh, three units worth for three turns of being a dickhead and being very annoying, just dropping a unit. Yeeting it, giving it up, that's fine. Throw another unit, yeet it, give it up, that's fine. Um, Encanter's never a bad unit, but it's, yeah. I, I see how the army works together. Like, I understand. Um, but I think you could just do it much better with um, with different units. Um, and yeah, like Sean said, the Holy Commanders is, is not good. Um, he'd be much better off with the run and charge. Um, for the concussors if 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 yeah if that's what he was up to but yeah no no not not a not a fan sorry mark any any thoughts jesse nope nothing else to add um yeah thank you covered it all yeah all good um next up's michael fell uh he's the oh other... the worst legion player i see okay <laughs> yeah he's the other legion the first prince player mm. um <clears throat> This is probably the more like common setup, I would say. Um, so it's Bellacore, Kairos. Blue scribes are an anomaly, but otherwise, yes. Oh, you reckon? I reckon the blue scribes are um, way more standard than the scribes are the others. dumbest shit ever. I fucking hate them. But <laughs> yeah, uh, to be honest, you don't see the scribes very much. Like looking looking at like meta legion lists, like they've been seen before, but I wouldn't say that they're common. Yeah. Um, I think it's probably more common to have Sloppity instead and then 
just do those five heroes. Um, whereas I've gone sloppity and then added the sixth hero. Um, I don't think you'd usually take blue scribes over sloppity, but I, I understand why he's done it. But yeah, yeah, uh, the the scribes work fantastic in the list, obviously. Um, for sure. Even for getting the spell portal out for making Kairos basically impossible to uh, to unbind. That's always fantastic. Uh, That's he's exactly got, it. Yeah. Yeah, he's got. 10 pink horrors, uh, 5 flesh hounds, 10 plate bearers in the portal. So battle already sorts 3 drops. Um, very similar sort of setup to Jesse's, obviously. Uh, but with horrors in there, so it's it does have even more points available to score off of it. Um, the horrors, I can imagine, will almost definitely every game give up their 1 point. Um, unless they're getting fought by another Prime Hunter unit. Uh but yeah, probably off the bat, turn one, more survivable than Jesse's just because of the horrors um, are harder to get through. Um, I assume he's going to be summoning horrors if he's not too scared about it, and he doesn't have sloppy to make the plague bearers a uh, massive pain in your ass. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, same thing. It's a it's a board control army, uh, limited output, uh, but maximum. Uh, control and negating what your opponent wants to do uh it'll be very 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 good in some lists and it may struggle to clear other lists of off of uh objectives it's a good thing there's no gargants going because uh, that would feel pretty bad for these lists um can you how long have you played against gargants with your legion no i haven't do you think you how long would it take you to clear one gargant so I guess that's the that's the question, and it partly depends on how the rage. I guess how goes. the rage thirster goes. Yeah, and yeah. probably in that matchup, I would probably spend Kairos on a six on the rage thirster. Like that would probably be the way to go, just to eke out some more damage. But yeah, for I sure. I mean, the the thing about it is like you probably. It's just oh. a it's a it's a brain dead army. Like yeah, he doesn't it's... have to do anything. He just walks up there. It's yeah. a low output army. It's going to struggle to take him off. You're not going to be able to contest the objective against him. Yes, you stop him doing anything, but he literally doesn't have to do anything. He just fucking stands there. He just there stands there. Yeah. Sticks his thumb in his rectum. Like, um, obviously there's no gargants going, so we're just yeah talking um out outside of the list, but. Um, yeah. It depends. Yeah. Like you might you might be able to sort of like control the board and and kill a couple of um, of gargans by the end of the game, and maybe you would win. But it would be a weird and like not very engaging game for sure. No, um, no, that's not. But um, at, like, man, I wish I was playing that game. Yeah, like an army that just wants to stand there and an army that wants to control what you do is like yeah. not a very engaging game. But yeah, obviously the Blue Scribes are there to give reroll casts so that Kairos can't um, miscast. Yeah. And so that Kairos can more reliably get the the portal and mm -hmm. uh, and his spell off. Um, yeah. The Blue Scribes can also, I think, just choose to auto-cast on a two. Cast. Yeah, yeah, and it can't be unbound. So it it's a really good way to get the portal out if the scribes are hard up the board, yeah. and you can you can really link it out way further than um than the portal yeah. should be able to be cast in. Um, yeah, it's a it's a very um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a good choice in the army. Like it's not the choice I made, obviously, bringing a very very similar list to this. 
Um, partly because I also don't want to be summoning pink horrors generally. And if I didn't take Slopity, it only gives me one vector to summon Plague Bearers, which is Bellicor, um, which is like Michael will have to probably mostly summon pinks because yeah, yeah, that's just how his his army is set up, which is which is fine. Um, pinks are still good. Um, so yeah, I think this list will do also yeah really well depending on the matchup. It's uh, it's quite interesting. Both these uh, legends lists, none of them are taking um, a hero with the uh, fourfold blade, uh, which has always been a real favorite in the legends list. But obviously, especially a rage, mirror, yeah, like the yeah the the rage thirster fills the gap that the essentially fourfold blade character would do. Um, the rage thirster is also like a just a pretty well, well a medium tanky spot for the um, the ruinous aura to go because essentially with the ruinous aura you need to have a non-named character. So if you're not taking the Rage Thirster, the Runus Aura, which is by far the best command trait, has yeah, to go absolutely. on the Demon Prince, who's only eight wounds. Yeah. Or you can take like a Guo, potentially, but then that's 500 yeah, points. 500 points, yeah. You've got yeah. even less armies. So like, yeah, yeah. I, think the, I think the Rage Thirster yeah. is kind of the cookie cutter choice, but it's it's there for a reason. Um, yeah. I'd, and, say it's, uh, I'd say it's one or the other. I think the corruptor, yeah. corruptor general with the um, fourfold is between him and the rage thirster. It's very similar. Similar. Obviously, the rage thirster has some um, some great potential if he does pop some sixes. It, well, you also can't you take the corruptor to... anymore. Um, oh, can't you? Did yeah. He lose it? So. Oh, the, sorry. The, yeah, that would have been probably one of my choices potentially. Um, yeah, but it's the OG. Yeah, but yep. the um like used to be able to put like the sort of judgment on the on the yep. as well, which was good fun. Um but um yeah, so with the Legion of Chaos Ascendant, which was the previous incarnation of this, you could take any demon from any book. Um but specifically with Legion of the First Prince, the text is you can take any demon from and it lists the four chaos books, oh, not Skaven. Okay. Oh, so nice. um I don't, I, don't even, I don't even know if you could ally him anymore, but you certainly can't yeah. include him as like a standard choice. So because uh, you can't you can't even ally into um into Legion A, so no. it's, um, that's really interesting. So the Rage Thirster is uh is kind He's of become, become the default choice for your command trait. And the ar armor of the pact makes his base four plus save a little bit better once he gets in. Um so yeah. yeah. Oh, interesting. Learn something. <laughs> Love it. Um, Sean. Gilda, Mitch. Would you like to have a go at Splinter's Mitch Hardy's list? Yeah, I've, I've played <laughs> again. I know how much you love names, and yeah, there's yeah. a lot of names, names and a but lot I, of industry. I like Mitch's names because I've been playing against Mitch for, fuck, years. I don't know, three or four years now we've been mates and playing together. Um, yeah. And he has always named his characters. So I'm well aware of John Cheese, Retrick Swayze, and Matt Damon. Uh, Rat Damon, sorry. So <laughs> I don't know if he, he has uh, Agent Squish. He doesn't have, um, oh no, Academy Award winning Rat Damon. There we go. So <laughs> yeah, normally normally I'm not a fan, but um, I'll give Mitch a pass because I'm biased and I really like Mitch. So, you know. That's that's absolutely fine. But he's got so Mitch is playing Skaven, 
Uh, he's got a Skaven army. He's got an OBR army. He wanted to bring a Skaven. It's close to his heart. He's always played Skaven. Obviously, to get a new book soon, so that's dope for Mitch. So I'm really, really happy for him. Uh, Mitch isn't expecting to win, but I think he can fuck up some people's days because I still think, given his whole army's prime hunters or whatever the fuck it's called, mm-hmm. so anything in his army gets extra points if it kills one of those predatory units. Um, and then in addition, he's got a lot of bodies in his MSU, so you're going to have to allocate your damage from your big hammer unit across his army to get rid of it. So I wouldn't. it wouldn't surprise me if he went like 3-2-4-1, to be honest, just because people would be like, there's so many fucking wrecks. Yeah. There's so much, so yeah, many works to do. To. You know, like, and it's just been a long time since we've seen anything like that. My advice to him, because he did ask me about this, was just to take four warp lightning cannons and just fucking ruin people's weekends with that. But he obviously didn't. So anyway, what is the list? Skaven. Uh, it's Arch Warlock, Deathmaster, Vermin Lord Deceiver, Vermin Lord Warpseer. Both Vermin Lords still very good. 20 clanrats, 20 clanrats, 20 clanrats, 60 bodies already. And he's got three units of 10 night runners, so another 30 bodies. Um, and they get a pregame move, so it, they're really fucking annoying because they just move on to objectives to E6. And you have to kill him, and you don't want to kill him because they're so inconsequential. Like, you want to kill his proper shit. Uh, two rattling guns and a warp grinder. Don't worry about the rattling guns because they'll blow themselves up. No problem. But he's got a warp grinder so they can deploy off the board and pop up pretty close to you and ruin your day. Then he's got one warp lightning cannon, uh, which is great fun. We all know... Well, we might not all know what that does, but it does a normal charge. You roll one dice, and essentially you want a one um, because you have to roll equal to or greater than that dice, and it does um, that many mortal wounds on a d6. So, But if you supercharge it, it's 2d6 if I remember correctly so you roll one dice uh, say it's a two then you've got to roll a two or more on one d6 and then on a two d6 if you do any doubles i think it blows up or does damage to itself this whole army kills itself by the way yeah. so so it's so it's, which, you roll a dice and that's the power level like sean was saying before yeah and then basically you have to roll, roll six or better. Yeah. yeah 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 so say you roll a, a three uh you roll six dice when it's normal uh, for every three up uh they take more wounds and if you overcharge it, uh, you roll 12 dice instead of 6 dice. And I think for every dice that's a 1, you take D3 mortal wounds to your warp lightning cannon. Um, that might not quite be correct, but essentially yeah. if you don't roll super low on it and you overcharge it, there's a relatively good chance that you blow it the fuck up. But it does a lot of damage yeah. before it does that anyway. So It also... Yeah, it also only does mortal wounds as well, and it shoots at 24, and it's got a range uh, movement of three inches, so it's a 27 inch movement range. So, fire slayers, heroes, pff, sorry, you know, unless he rolls a six, and that's not a good time. Uh, and oh, I don't know bro, it, do now they work now? The fire slayers, heroes. What's that? They uh, just pass off wounds. Is that yeah, right? yeah. When we get to um, traces, I'll go through it. But they don't target fire slayers, heroes. That's a very bad idea. Going okay. forward. Cool, cool. So he's got a Warlord and a bit of Regiment. Not sure if I said that. He's eight drops. So uh, he's got a lot of wounds and 142 to be exact. And he's got the most MSU at the tournament. He's got, what, seven, 14 different units. So a Corn Army would love this, but there ain't no Corn Armies. <laughs> so, yeah, I just... 
I think Mitch is just going to turn up and play his rats and have a good time. And that's really about it, to be honest. And I I don't think he's expecting to do well. I don't think anyone's really expecting him to do well, but I could still see him go 3-2 or even a 4-1 because he's played this yeah. army for like five years. And yep. people just won't know where to what to kill and when to kill it. Um, yeah. General rule is if you can kill his, his bodies, so his clan rats, um, it's good because then he's only got like three or four models left in his whole army um the war vermin lord warps has a very good command ability if like everyone doesn't mean a battle shock hole even 24 or 26 or something mm. um the deceiver is hard to shoot because he's at negative two unless you're so close to him i think six inches or so um and he can slap in combat especially with flaming weapons that he's put on him uh his army doesn't have a lot of rend though that's the only thing his army has like no rend so it's all red one if that. But yeah, that's it. Very very interesting thing about this list is that it's the only I believe so, it's the only prime hunter army going there. So everything here will score yeah. double points uh, yeah. if it kills any of the uh the fancy pants units. And it has range to hit those units that'll be far away. So um it'll be interesting to see if that swings his games back, because I expect Mitch to go three two for sure. Um, and if he went 4-1, I honestly wouldn't be surprised, just because who the fuck's played against Skaven lately? Yeah, um, yeah. Mitch plays a lot of Skaven. He's very, like, good at playing Skaven, um, and he'll definitely be able to leverage, like, people's... Uh, not knowing enough about the army to know, like, target prioritization. And yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, just take, taking advantage of little tricks and awful things that Skaven get up, can get up to. So I yeah. expect him to actually do pr- pretty well um, for what is um, not considered a very good army at the moment. But I'm also very surprised that Skaven got put in as a prime hunter army um, because I don't think it's as bad as the rest of the armies that were in that list. Yeah, he's... Mm-hmm. He's, he's been playing it a long time. He's very aware of its limitations. Um, one of the most annoying things is, depending on the mission you play, is you have to deal with his Night Runners, and you don't want to deal with him because they're just wasting damage. But they'll be scoring hit points like right away because of a pre-game move. So, yeah. And if you leave him a big juicy gap, he'll pop up with his rattling guns and he'll shoot something. And if not, they'll blow up. Then, yeah. And the Deceiver can um, can just, like, teleport anywhere or go through the Norholes. And those Norholes are actually still really, really good, by the way. Yeah. yeah. The fact that he yeah, can put three of them right. down and you can put him, like, next to your objective or in your deployment. So as soon as you leave, he's just going to come out of them. So, yeah, he's... I'm not expecting much out of Mitch, but this is such a cop-out. But if he does, like, say a top five, I'll, I'll be like, yeah, that's not overly surprising, you know? If he won yeah. it, I'd be like, oh, fuck, well done, bro. That's amazing. But if he, like, top five that I'd be like, yeah, that's just fucking Mitch doing Mitch things with Skaven. Yeah, I think that, like, Skaven's one of those armies, right, where, like, you aren't surprised if they go 0-5, and you aren't surprised if they go 4-1. Like, it's just they're, they're the kind of army that, like, if it rolls hot, if it gets good matchups, if... Like, it's a very chaotic. It's, like, it's the perfect army for like what it's supposed to represent, right? Because like, it's just like unreliable as hell. But you do get those games where it just everything kind of goes right, and the the uh, the rattling guns pop off, the warp lightning cannon pops off, 
Um, it's just a lot of bodies to deal with. People make poor decisions in terms of target priority. You have a lot of bodies on the board. You control objectives early. Like, yeah, it's one of those armies where like it's not an amazing army, but it's an army that can always surprise you because like Ben plays a lot of Skaven, right? And like he's well known for playing Skaven. And um, yeah, I'm constantly surprised by how by what by what a good player can do with that book. And I yeah. and I know that that Mitch is one of those players, even though I haven't had the pleasure myself. So um, yeah, I could see him going three two two three four one. All, all pretty equally, to be honest. Yeah, the, the hardest thing about playing this army is the target priority, is picking what unit to kill, when to kill it, and also counter-scoring. Because if we're talking about some of those units, sorry, not units, some of those armies that we've previously talked about, they have like six units in the army, or seven units, you know, he's got twice as many, and like, yeah, those units, like a Kragnos and a Stonehorn, will absolutely kill whatever it goes into in this army, outside of maybe the vermin lord uh or vermin lords i should say but like if he's if mitch can feed you him in like a controlled manner where he's like yeah you can kill 10 clan 20 clan or something you're fuck you can till, kill 10 night runners yeah and, and if you're just eating shit for like two or three turns and he starts running away on scoreboard then yeah that's that's sort of how i see him winning it's him being like have this matchup, you don't want to kill it, but you have to deal with it because it's taking it's scoring points, you know. So that's how I see Mitch winning. Or people just going, What the fuck does Skaven do? I don't know. And then him just being yeah. like, haha, Skaven shit. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, that's that's way longer than I ever thought I'd speak on the Skaven army in the current state of the meta. But there you go, Mitch. <laughs> Love you, dude. All right. So next up we have Rohan. Oh, um, Robro. I love this army. So Rohan is playing Eindrils uh, in Iron Sons. He's got Kragnos, Godrak, and a Megaboss. Uh, Megaboss with a standalone out destroyer fasten. Uh, and then three units of five art boys. And then Rohan decided that his dick was so long that he would not take any battalions for whatever reason. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, that's it. Just six drops. No other tech bits and pieces, anything. It's just three fat lads and some dickheads to stand on objectives. Um, Kragnos obviously makes them a lot faster. There's plenty of double moves and iron jaws. Um, this is the meme list of the event, like, without a doubt. Uh, yeah, I don't know what else much to say about it. The three boy, big boys... They slap hard, obviously. Um, but yeah, there's there's not much else going on uh, than than slapping hard. So he's obviously going to have a hard time into uh, the legends, of the first princeless. Fuck me, I do not want to play that matchup. Um, and then the shooting list once um, once the shooting time comes around, it's not going to be a fun time for for Rohan, but. Hopefully somebody gets in there and gives them good scrap because playing three fat lads is going to be um, a pretty fun combat phase. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I think Rohan is definitely having a having a wee a laugh mistake. with this one. Yeah, but yeah, it's great. I yeah. love it because if his 
if his three fat boys, as you keep calling them, um, get into a like get into you on turn one or or just get into you altogether, he's just gonna delete whatever's in front of him. Eh? Like he absolutely, just, yeah. And, and that's why I love it because he's literally gone. All right, I've got three units of five art boys, but just gonna hold hands on my back objective or any other objective. And then I've got these other three dudes, Kragnos, Gordrak, and Omega Boss. They're also all going to hold hands, and they're just going to come up the board and just bowl around as a big, like, wrecking ball around the board. And and that's it. So that's going to be awesome. He will also not need to worry about the clock. He is going to be absolutely fine. Yeah. Right. I reckon I'd put money on it that Rohan will finish all of his games with at least 30 minutes in the bank, not even counting the extra 15. Easy peasy. Yeah, that genuinely wouldn't surprise me, to be honest. Because yeah. this hero phase is like, cool, my guy moves. Cool, movement phase, my whole army moves. Cool, charge phase, I charge. Cool, I fight you. And yeah. that's that's really it. He's literally rolling like his charges, and that's uh... Yeah, as long as phase is just punching people. That's that's that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that'll be the thing, because then he'll smash and bash, and his whole army will just fight. You know, so... Yeah, but yeah. like it'll just be the two Godric and the Mega Boss. Like, not yeah, even yeah, Craig, not, not, not Craigie, but, but yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyway, yeah. what else? Cool. I love it. It's silly. I love Rohan. I love that he's done this. It's um, it's all in good spirit. So yeah, that's cool. Um, Ryan, Ryan with the Soul Blight. He has Belladama. He has a Necromancer. He has Manfred. And then he has running away. Um, oh no, that's Manfred's name. Sorry, he's added that on. <laughs> well, he, does, he does too, though. That's like his, whole, his whole thing. Yeah, away. That's, that's pretty much yeah. it. He already fights when he wants to fight. He's got 20 zombies, sorry, 40 zombies, 20 zombies, 10 die wolves. Oh, he's a legion knight as well. Yeah. 20 grave guards, 20 grave guards, spell portal, and a mortis engine. And he is a one drop. So I've played against this army. Mm. Uh, once and now played against a variation of this army. Um, he's got a couple of cool things, like he can now deploy a lot of his bodies, mm-hmm. uh, and then he can pop up. and I've played him just recently, and Ryan, you might not want me to say this, but I thought it was, um, you know, a simple but effective strategy where he pretty much put all his grave guard and his zombies in the ground, and he also has the bloodthirsty triumph, and he's at. 195 so it's you know not reliable but he deep struck four units and then pulled them up and was just like i'm just going to try roll as many nines as i can and then <laughs> sure. combat. And between the if he gets a triumph and which he will in some matchups and command points he gets a fair few of them in to be fair so yeah um his army has no real rend is another issue he's got the grave guard and manfred but Manfred's only fighting when he's going to win. Um, Belladama's just an annoying caster, especially if there's like some arcane on the board. Um, she just hangs out with wolves and does Belladama shit all day. Uh, the zombies are effective. They capture points. They move really fucking slow. But with a command point, they guarantee goes 16 inches into combat every turn. So if you're playing on some of the shorter deployments... They're very effective. They also deep strike. They also, when they die, come back um, on a four up, five up. It changes if you kill units. I know that. Yeah, yeah modified five, five. five up. Yeah. Yeah. Depends how many you kill. But. 
yeah. Yeah, the necromancer's going to sit in a blob of zombies and you're never going to get to him until the end of the game, really. Um, and necromancer's a general as well, I believe. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, and he's got the arcane tome for an extra spell, which is kind of cool. Um, yeah, it's it's a lot of bodies, it's a lot of control. He soaks up so much of the board, it's not even funny. Yeah. Um, he can now deploy, which is very favourable to him. Uh, yeah. But he doesn't do a lot of damage. So like that Stormcast, like Jesse's Stormcast army, which is, I think, assuming Jesse can chew for it, which is love this, because Jesse's like, my whole army's a free up, five up. So what are you going to do? You know, and then he's just relying on all the mortal wounds from the zombies, um, essentially. So Mortal wounds yeah. from the Graveguard as well. Yeah, yeah, that too. But he's more aggressive with the Graveguard as he will be, because they are a damage dealer. So yeah. Um, and sneaky good damage on them as well, but yeah, yeah, very good damage on the graveguard. Yeah, yeah, the graveguard like they'll lift, they'll lift a mega like without too much problems. Like the graveguard are yeah. like absolutely like just destroy things. I think yeah. pe- people who haven't played against them might not realize how how much output twenty graveguard have. Uh, yeah. It's crazy. Fuck load. Yeah, yeah. and then especially uh, if they get Van Hell's off, they're just. They're, they're just done. It's, yeah. yeah. And then essentially, put essentially Manfred's buff is... on top of it as well, and it's really good. So take Manfred off and then watch Ryan just hate his life. But sorry, Tubby. Essentially, the army is very good at sitting on objectives. It's essentially 218 wounds before uh, any sort of resurrection, mm-hmm. uh, which is obviously a fuckload of wounds. Uh Graveguard are the only real output from the list. Manfred's yeah. very annoying. Um, Graveguard absolutely slapped. Do not fucking underestimate it for one second. Um, I've played it twice, and I've lost twice. Um, and essentially, I've, he's had no army left, but he's just been up on points because uh, I just can't contest uh, the amount of ability he has to spread mm-hmm. uh, over the board. Uh, and then if it loses a unit, he doesn't really give a fuck. He just brings it back. Um, so the army's going to give uh, a good challenge to the lists, which uh, struggle with output uh, and struggle with mobility, I guess, because you want to get across the units and recontest those objectives, um, as well as being able to put out heaps of output. And that's like, I've played it with some good output lists. And I've, I've, while I've killed everything, I've struggled to get, back to the objectives that he's been on um so yeah it's a it's a it's a really good list ryan's definitely up and coming player um yeah getting better and better the more he plays uh time will be hard for ryan um with with how many phases this army plays in yeah uh, and how many models it has resurrection and all that sort of stuff every turn like every single fucking phase yeah which is i think the biggest downfall of it is where it consumes all the time because he's like Oh yeah, cool. I attack you with my zombies. Oh, I bring X amount of zombies back now. Oh, I got battle shock. Oh, now I have to roll to see if I get a unit back. And it's just like, bro, do you ever stop? Like, yeah. but I mean, the beauty of it as well is it's so many wounds, and it's a one drop, and he can null deploy his slow moving bodies. So, you yeah. know, he can just go like, yeah, cool. I won the roll off. Cool. I'm gonna go first cool, all my units from the ground, cool, they're all over objectives, uh, have a fun time removing all this because uh, my graveyards are wherever I want them to be, and yeah, and you're just like, cool, good game, man. 
Yeah, so I think it's, the only it's, thing it's that, a race that I would, to kill him. It's literally a race to kill him. It absolutely is. I think the only thing that I would change about well, the I, I think you always take course lav. Like I don't think you should ever. I don't see any reason to not take course lav in every single grave lords list because I think it's the one drop. I think that's the only reason why it doesn't have him. Yeah, it might be, but even then, it's like the thing is like you need to be killing things to bring back units because that that five plus, even if you get down to a four plus or a three plus because you've killed two units, you know that's still you're failing on a one or a two. Um, but being able to just spend the CP with Gorse Lab and auto, auto bring something back without having to roll for it is just so good. Um, so I'd, I'd like to see him in there, but besides that, it. Yeah, it's a solid list. Cool, cool. Yeah. And he yeah. went full one at his last tournament. He was playing James, actually, on um, the top table at the end of it. So, um, and I think he finished fourth on tiebreakers. So, yeah. as Toby said, he's, uh, he's, um, he's been getting better and better. Um, I expect a, a full one out of this list, probably, to be honest. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It's good. Cool. Yeah. Right, and the next list is... A, we're, we're almost there, guys. We're, we're getting there. We're getting there. A uh, yeah. bunch of guys with stupid fucking pointy hats that just sit across the board <laughs> and fucking play whatever game that they're playing. Cause they I'm play by themselves, don't they, Tuffy? Yeah, they yeah. just play by themselves, so we won't worry yes. about that. Yeah, they, they definitely do. I, I love it when I beat you and you're like, fuck this army, it just does what it wants. I'm like, yeah, oh, it does. Honestly. Just has a rule for everything. Yeah. They're like, I'm gonna do this, I'll bite away, bro. I bounce it back and now you've heard your battle tactic. Like, <laughs> fuck this. Anyway, so we're talking about we're talking about my army. Uh, so I've gone with Luminef Realm Lords, um, which I don't know, I probably shouldn't talk about my decision making process, which just talk about the list, right? So I there's mean, a, a matchup there's a matchup between them and Stormcast. So I really wanted to take my corn army, but that was just not gonna happen because I love playing corn, but anytime there's at least one bow and arrow in the opposite army, they just automatically lose. So, anyway, um, I went with Lumineth because I was expecting Thunder Lizards and Magic and um, Marathi and Bow Snakes, and I felt like Teclis gave me the best option against that, um, more so than the Foxes, because I, as I mentioned earlier, the foxes die pretty easily if you can shoot them, and I was expecting to see all the salamanders, all the basilodons, all the bow snakes, um, and I wasn't wanting to go up three additional points. And the way the fox army list works as well is that foxes steal objectives from your opponent, uh, so they need to be really just up in front and fucking with melee armies. Uh, so I've gone with uh, Sire, because Sire is a bit of a blast from the past. been playing a lot of... Um, Zytric recently for the extra plus one to cast, which is just so good. But um, Luminif don't really have good armor saves on the face of it, just on the War Scrolls. But when you add in Sire and you go plus two to save on every unit, uh, it's pretty fucking dope, to be honest. So Sire for the double wafer courts, plus the Goading Arrogance, which is really good on the general. Um, I'm a one-drop in battle regiment. I've got Teclis. Teclis just does everything in the game, especially if he's playing against a non-magical army. He just does whatever the fuck he wants. You make up a rule, he knows it. Don't even worry about it. Don't even ask me about his rules. He just does it. Um, and then I've got Lord Regent, who is my general, because he's the only non-named character. He's got good in arrogance. 
He's mainly there to cast his um, empowered some metal weapon spell, which goes off on D3 units. So a couple of reasons for this. One, it frees up my Sentinels and Wardens to cast other spells, such as Endless Spells or um, Speed of Hishes for extra movement or Lambert Mites and stuff like that. Um, but mainly because if I miscast on the Wardens or Sentinels, you killed a unit champion out of the unit because he's the one casting the spell. So if you miscast on 30 Sentinels and killed a unit champion, that's a really shit time. So the Lord Regent gives you that extra redundancy, and plus because I've got the, the Shrine Luminor, so the, the um, Garrison Boulder, the Luminef to uh, terrain piece in there, uh, he gets a reroll from that, so that's also pretty pretty dope. Now I've got uh, two units of 10 Wardens, and then I've got 30 Sentinels, and now I've got 10 Sentinels. And that's the whole army, so it's very small, it's only six units. Um, it's not a lot of wounds, it's only 82 wounds. And I've got an Emerald Life Swarm, which is super dope. And then I've got a Spell Portal, which is almost don't leave home without. And um, I previously didn't have a Spell Portal in here, and I had the Rune, which I love. The Luminef in the spell, which just does damage and is super good, and it's hard to get rid of for a lot of armies. Uh, but in the end, I swapped out the Law, Law Seeker for a unit of Sentinels because... I was worried I'd have to do more damage than what I was previously doing um, with the Law Seeker, even though the Law Seeker is good on, I think, three of these missions that we're playing. Um, so, yeah, that's that's really it. I don't know. You guys want to critique? You want to ask questions? You want to tell me how good or bad it is? Go nuts. You know, I'm just going to shoot people. That's it. I'm going to cast every spell I want to do, want to, other than against a couple of armies, and um, then I'm going to shoot, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, this yeah, is super standard, right? Like, it's yeah. it's absolutely textbook for uh, for the techless build. It's like, you yeah. have the techless build, you got the fox build. Like, that's your two options, right? Like, that's there's some wiggle room, but that book really needs... Like, part of the reason why I'm not that upset that Luminith are getting a new book pretty soon, by all, by all accounts, is because that book is so bland right now. Like, you've got two options if you want to play a competitive list. And, like... You can make edge case stuff work, but like that book just needs a rewrite. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, like the so extra the army, yeah, and yeah, you only like see just like three wardens four, right? because you have to sentinels because they're really good, yeah. foxes because they're really good, and techless because it's really good, and then chuck in like a couple heroes there and there. But yeah. like, there's so much other model range that you don't see at all. Like even in fringe cases, like for sure. Like, when's the last time you saw Stone Guard? Yeah, fucking yeah, never. I, I, never. I don't even know what they look never. like on the table. Yeah. I think the hats are even more fucking stupid than the yeah. They are. They're real yeah. stupid. Yeah, yeah hats absolutely. are the worst. I would love yeah. a metric army, but it's just not happening at the moment. And you guys are right. You literally see six War Scrolls, maybe, at the most. Um, yeah. yeah. And the, the army's really lent on. I've taken a Teclas because Teclas does whatever I want reliably. Uh, you know, not mm. against, like, the Iron Jaws armies, I'm like, cool, four spells every turn against some of the more magic um, defendable armies. I guess you'd say you do two spells or one spell. Yeah. And then I've just spammed um, the next best unit, which is the Sentinels, and I've gotten as as many as I possibly can. Like, I can't get any in, any more Sentinels into this army unless <laughs> I drop the region and the endless spells. So, sure. um, the funny thing is that it's 
that's pretty similar to what I won Masters with last year. I just had, yeah. um, and like I had like 10 more Wardens, I think it was. Actually, no, I had 20 more Wardens. Um, and I had 10 less Sentinels, and I had um, different Endless Spells. Yep. But it's, yeah, as you said, Jesse, it's pretty, it's like throw a, throw a dart at a dartboard. Oh, it's Luminef. Okay, flip a coin. It's one of two armies, you know, like. It's foxes or it's techless, and that's what it is because it's it's good, like it's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. I, I think it'll do really well. I, I was more confident last year. Though. I wouldn't be surprised I, if I won it as well, to be honest. To, no, so like because it it does have oh man, I put so much paint on this brush and now I've fucked this up. Um, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> this is a poor attempt to dry brush. Um, it's got all the answers. I just don't know if it can keep up with these super fucking aggro output armies. Because my army will output yeah. over five turns, yep. a lot of damage, but it won't more crusher, destroyer, plus stonehorn in, in one turn. You know, like, yeah, 40 sentinels rerolling doing models will do probably reliably like 20 to 25 mortal wounds, but it's not going to. What the fuck is that, Miffs? It's, it's Absolutely not. It's, it's a third with a reroll, bro. It's almost forty shots. Hey, so, yeah, bro. Let, do you need me to tell the story of my twenty wardens table in your whole army last uh, month? Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, I know. And you're like, what is this? And I was like, yeah, this is what they do. Is we've got thirty attacks, and they definitely do twenty-five more to win. So I'm fine. Yeah, so. and I was like, yeah, that sounds about right. Cool. Just, just don't even worry about it. It's fine. I do. Are wish you I, do wish are you I worried knew. about Legion at all? Uh, I've played a Legion army before. Uh, yep. It was with Foxes. It wasn't with this. Yep. So um, Kairos is bad news for my army. So essentially, yep. what fucks up Teclas is a Lord of Change um, or Kairos, you know, either version or yep. um, Nagash. So those two are, are really pain in the dicks. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I am because... The way my army works is it just does shit like automatically. Like you think about playing the James Page, right? And James wants to like minimize his chance in every game by removing risk, you know. Mm-hmm. So he'll cast stuff on plus seven and shit like that. Um and that's essentially what Teclas does. You know, I, I rock up against five slaves or iron jaws, I'm like, sweet, I can guarantee do four spells. I can pretty much cast every spell in my in my hero phase, which is like ten odd spells. No problem, you know, and then I turn up against like a Kairos and he's like, haha, and I'm like, oh, you motherfucker, you know, which because the army by itself on its war scrolls and its baseline is still pretty good, but it's what you're talking about before with the Seraphon stuff, whereas the buffs actually take it from that 8 out of 10 to like a 12 out of 10. So uh-huh. that's yeah. what I rely on. So the few times that I've I failed on the Lord Regent and I failed on the Sentinels, I'm like, cool, I'm not doing any damage this turn. So should have ran for a unit somewhere better better protect for fuck's sakes, you know, but no. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah Suffering sure. combat because I don't have a lot of wardens. So, yeah, that's really yeah. it. I just want to stand back and shoot you and cast all my spells. Yeah. And I want one drop. So, yeah. Cool. All right. Who wants to look Tubby. at this piece of shit <laughs> that I'm taking? You or Jesse do it because i got to refresh in my drink. So. I can, uh, I can oh, read it if you like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, re- I'll read it and then I'll judge it and then I'll let you explain it. Um, okay, cool. But uh, uh, this is the the couldn't be fucked painting list. Um, 
Tagnar, nice. Uh, it is Stars of Cain. Uh, it is Bloodrack Shrine, Devoted Disciples, and the um, Mandatory Artifact with Steed of Shadows. Agree, agree, agree. Uh, it's Hag Queen, uh, Iron Circlet, Blessing of Cain, Shadow Queen, and Marathi as a pair. 15 Bloodstalkers, 5 Blood Sisters, 5 Blood Sisters, 5 Heartrenders, Avatar of Cain, uh, and a Warlord and Battle Reg for a 5 drop. Um, yeah, this is, this is very similar to... Um, a couple of lists that I was running um, like six months ago. Um, uh, the Avatar of Cain solo is an interesting choice. Um, otherwise, the Shrine's great. Um, Hagnar's great. Rerolling ones to run and charge immediately on Marathi, or the Shadow Queen rather, is amazing. Um, yeah, it's a great list. You know what this reminds me of? This just feels like new world blended with old world. Like, you've got the Marathi and the Bow Snakes, which has obviously been the hotness for the last two years or so. But then you've also got Hagnar and the Shrine, which is what Doc used to rely on the crutch of the five-up reroll and yeah. the unkillable Shrine at... How is it only 190 points? Like, no, it's a, it's a different one. That's not the same. It's a different, it different shrine. Oh, it doesn't get a plus one save. The reason why uh, this shrine is here partly is that it makes the snake's battle line. Um, so it's always a toss-up. In The issue with Doc that I always ran across is ideally I want a Bloodrack shrine and a, a cauldron. But if I do that, I'm not a one-drop anymore. And so like if... If I was low dropping, I was always like, which one do I include? The shrine to make the, the battle line snakes, or do I include the cauldron? Generally, I would do like a foot Medusa and then the cauldron um, if I was doing Hagnar. Um, but um, you kind of want devoted disciples on something that's a bit more durable. So, yeah, I, I completely understand why these choices were made. And yeah, I think they're good choices. What I do want to say to Tubby is he chose the wrong battalion. Just shout out I, to your I, argument I, with Mitch last year. <laughs> I absolutely <laughs> didn't. I picked the right battalion. <laughs> you got you got white girl wasted, and you said you're abusing him for an hour on the podcast, and then we got yelled at at the NBB. So and then, then I went to a tournament and I run the right battalion. <laughs> and I went wipeo. Yeah, I think so. Fucked, Mitch. I think Mitch went too too free last year. <laughs> I don't know how. I thought he had one of the best lists there, but yeah. Uh, just, yeah, yeah. Just it happens. It happens. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I, it's it's a list that I want to play because I want to see how I go, but it's also a list I'd be super heavy avoiding and not having to deal with, um, to be honest. And I think, from a personal perspective, I think Tubby knows me and how I play like better than how I know myself to be fair um and i very really catch him out on anything and he's seems to be i don't know um ahead of me in that game every now and then i do surprise him with one or two little shit things but for the most part tuppy seems to know exactly what i'm especially my first turn he's like yeah this is exactly what he's gonna do sweet i just 
Jay chill over here and have nothing affect me. So, so how come the avatar? What's your thick in there? Yeah, that's weird uh, as fuck, bro. Tell us about that. Is it just because it's a so, food monster or something? Yeah. Or? So oh, I'll go over it. Um, so I did want to take Archeon slaves, um, but we literally just bought a house and we move in on the Wednesday and I fly out on the Friday. So there's no fucking mm. way that I paint the rest of my shit uh, before we go to Masters. <clears throat> uh, so I took to orders because it's easy and I don't have to paint anything. I can just grab it and chuck everything else in the box and fucking move it. Um, uh, so Shrine, like Jesse was saying, um, if you're going to play Hagnar, you need a resilient general with really what you want. is You just need wounds. Yeah. Just wounds to offset everything. Uh, so the Shrine's great because it makes the bow snakes and melee snakes battle line. Uh, is that also not too bad in combat? Um, it's a caster, which is great. And um, Steed of Shadows is a great uh, spell. If you don't know mm-hmm. what it does, it's six an inch flying move for the unit, um, which when it's a pinnacle piece in your army that keeps everything very tanky, uh, it's really good if it can move six inches and fly. Yeah, I love Steed of Shadows on that. It's it's a clutch pick for sure. Yeah, yeah. You get stuck behind the infantry all the fucking time. Yeah, you so. essentially gain plus eleven inches of movement and fly. So it's because they're they're pretty slow. Like they're a lot slower yeah, five, than you would want. Yeah, yeah. five inches. So it's yeah, it's it's, it's 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 very efficient spell. Uh, Hag Queen, Iron Circlets, Freer ones to pray, uh, and Blessing of Cain is the the linchpin one. The uh, five up re-roll on um on your unit so it gives you the re-roll on your uh on your ward save um Matthew does Matthew things bow snakes does bow snakes things fighty snakes does fight snakes things uh heart renders uh always good um I was talking about them before uh I only think one unit is necessary because of the way the game works now pinching one objective fantastic having a whole bunch of redundancy and pinching objectives I don't rate at all um and then the avatar, what the avatar does, it's 120 points for a nine wound, nine inch move, four up save unit uh, with good friend two combat attacks. Uh, but most importantly, it gives out plus one to pray. So uh, yeah. my central prayer goes off on two ups, reeling ones, uh, yeah. because because I need the command trait in Hagnar, uh, which is the five up after save. I can't give it the generic one which gives me a re-roll to my prayer so essentially my prayer is the two up re-rolling ones uh to get a a five up five up on my unit so it makes it super uh like reliable there's if it doesn't go off it's like a one in 36 chance like i'll i'll take that game all day that's fine and because Um, you're hagnar he's awake permanently on turn two right yeah yeah and that's fine fine. yeah he wakes up like immediately yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and go stomping around the board and 120 points for the amount of output he has he has a shooting sure. attack he's fast he's he's a good he's a good pace in the yeah. later games but in the early games he's definitely just there for uh the plus one at prayer which is yeah. um which is very essential for the army um obviously you can't really get a list like this into a one drop warlock battalion because mm-hmm. you need you absolutely have to have a general with uh wounds in excess Yep. Uh, so getting the shrine with 13 wounds is, is key, uh, which means it can't be one drop, so I may as well go Warlord for the extra CP because the army is CP hungry when you're uh, hero face shooting on top of the rest of your shooting. Uh, and I really wanted the artifact for the real ones to prayer, so that's why the Warlord's in there. Um, 
and the rest of it's just in Battle Reggie. So the Heart Renders are the unit that's not in Battle Reggie uh, because of all these one drop lists that we're seeing or super low drop lists. You just chuck it in the sky, see where their army's going and counter deploy. So it's it's no worries at all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so the, I know I talked about Alex's list and I said that I didn't like it because it didn't have any uh, combat buffs in the army. <clears throat> the, the difference is here. Uh, we have is that my bloodstalkers are going to be five up five up five up saves so they're very hard to move they give up three uh victory points uh which is really bad if you lose that really bad if you lose the stalkers in the first place uh so it makes it a lot harder to lose that unit uh also i've got witch brew so they don't take battle shock but they really roll a wound because they're very good in combat um i get my melee buffs earlier because i'm playing hagnar uh, and then obviously I can put Mine Razor on them and just make them nuts in combat. So that's the that's the main differences between uh, this list and Alex's list is that while, yes, they look very similar, my potential to make them better in combat is a lot more than Alex's because purely because of the reroll to wound uh, and, and the no battle shock. Um, and mm-hmm. the resilience is obviously good in combat um, because there's no there's there's no use in being able to retreat and charge if you're dead uh, because you're not retreating in the first place. So uh, it's it's just sort of those little things laid on top of each other that, in my opinion, sets it aside from from the other list. Um, <clears throat> I'm interested to see how it goes. Like I literally wrote this list like fucking 15 minutes before submission or something like that. Like. Finished and finished a, a late shift, come home, went, oh no, there's no way that I'm I'm running slaves to the event. Um we'll we'll play some daughters. And I was like, Oh, it'd be funny if I play Hagnar. It's five drops. The first list I won Masters with was five drops. This would be cool. Let's go, let's do that. Um and yeah, other than that, it's pretty basic bitch doc, honestly. Shoots a lot, combat's good. It's hard to kill with Hagnar and um yeah that's that's that I guess yep yeah super solid yeah, yeah it's real good looking forward to seeing how you go dude it wouldn't surprise me if um you go deep because of the list and obviously your player ability so yeah yeah that's um it's it's definitely not as good as last time I run doc um that last no, I run the Kautnar one was just completely bent. Like, yeah. I got completely white girl wasted that tournament and pulled it out for the win. But yeah. I definitely can't get white girl wasted and, and play the system win because it's it's nowhere near as strong as the last one. Um, so yeah, there'll be definitely good games. It's a it's a good list, but um, it's not the be all and all as it has once been. Mm-hmm. I like that you have. The Blood Sisters, in addition to the Avatar, because, um, and this is a very specific comment, uh, because they can kill shit in combat and still get your predatory points against like the Bastelodons or the Corn, you know, Demon Prince or the Blood Fist or whatever it is. So, like, you could be like, okay, I'm going to shoot it five times with, you know, you shoot five shots and sort of your. Stalkers, or I'll combo charge it with Marathi, and this other one, and Marathi obviously won't die. So, um, 
you know you can be selective about what you kill it with in combat and the rest of it but yeah um, yeah um, int interesting point for any of the flame doors uh marathi kane small is, marathi. A, is a prime hunter the shadow queen is not a prime hunter so uh, the shadow queen can score you your points but marathi kane can't yeah so big big girl can slap you whatever fucking corn demon prince or bestie and get you an extra point Marathi Kane can't so wait um, what that's yeah. that's the wrong way around surely nah that's okay. Marathi Kane yeah this game's so fucking dumb yeah yeah it's fucking stupid <laughs> oh, anything I would have thought it's the other way around but Marathi Kane is no the actually I yeah no I remember this conversation from it's back in March when, super dumb because this came out the week that we had the tournament and now I got COVID so I just sort of went rogue of ghosts I guess you'd say for a week but yeah no I don't remember this now this is yeah it's the most dumb shit I've ever seen whatever last list we've got a spare player in addition to this list but i don't think there's going to be a spare player in attendance like playing so do we just do trays and we wrap it up oh uh, yeah we'll do we'll do trays and then we'll we'll give it we'll give him a shout out just for being the ringer because we'll give him a shout out i like nick so i played nick he's yeah one. so you tell me about this fire slayers list you don't just kill the heroes okay what do you, what do you do okay so uh <clears throat> trays playing his signature fire slayers grayford uh, which I believe is plus one wound to all the heroes. Uh, so he's got a rune father, a rune master, a battlesmith, a rune son, and the Salicent Prime. Then he's got 10 Volkites, 10 Hearthguard, 10 Hearthguard, 10 Hearthguard, and the Molten Infernoff. And then all the Hearthguard are in Hunters, so uh, you can't stop them doing this shit. Uh, so <clears throat> if anybody hasn't played against new Fire Slayers, some very important things to take a note are that the rune father and rune son uh, pick a unit and that unit's like his, his bodyguard unit. So while within three inches of that unit, the rune father and rune son get a three up ward save, which is obviously very, very good. Um, and then on, <laughs> on top of that, we're not, we're not done. We're not done, my bro. Uh, on top of that, when the wound is allocated to the Hearthguard Berserker unit, they get to still make their four up ward save. Um, it's so bullshit. So, yeah, know, so sorry. If you shoot at Rune Father, so it's a free up pass sons. off four up. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So if you shoot at Rune Fathers and Rune Sons, if you fight Rune Fathers and Rune Sons while you're in range of these guys, you're doing it very, very, very wrong. Um, you just kill the unit now don't shoot at the fucking hero because obviously the hero's giving them the four up ward save you're wasting so much output putting it there because it's just it, it just gets shut down so hard um <clears throat> going to the rune master rune master's fantastic piece now it used to be a meme piece that uh that you never really saw uh so the two main things it does is it knows every prayer and the fire slayers prayers law i guess you call it um and it can cast the molten inferno which is a very very good invocation yeah, um, and then on the other side if it's within three inches in general you get a free cp at the start of every hero phase so um that's very good an army that's very cp heavy uh, getting an extra cp for doing literally nothing uh, so the molten inferno if nobody's played against it before uh, has a ridiculous cast range it's like sets up whole earth in 24 and then moves 2d6 and then it hits everything within three inches of like a 120 by 70 mil base so 
hits fucking everything. Um, you roll 12 dice every six ups of mortal wound. If you roll a double for your movement range, every six is D3 mortal wounds. So it goes fucking ages. Easy into your back line. Uh, and that has the potential to do two to three mortal wounds on average or two mortal wounds on average, but then to everything within range. Um, obviously, you can't take it off if you just have a wizard because it's an invocation. You need a priest to take it off, and then you're wasting your priest's prayer, which is probably linked into how your army functions. So it's a very, very good invocation and very, very cheap at 70 points. Um, Going down the line, Battlesmith, if you don't know how the Battlesmith works, uh, Nulsidian Icon, so same as it always used to be, four up spell save, uh, but then the best part about it is he gives a four up rally uh, to all Fireslayer's units. So uh, say you've lost, what's an easy number? Six Hearthguard. Uh, you rally, you should average three, uh, so you get three Hearthguard back, which is six wounds on a four up after save, so essentially you're getting 12 wounds back, so it's very 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 efficient um you need to keep the army in combat um if you are fighting it because if it retreats and then rallies in your turn it's very sad when four or five half guard come back because it's so fucking hard to get rid of um and then the prime i guess just because it's low mobility in this list um there is obviously running charges and stuff like that because the rune master but um it doesn't really have any ability to reach the backboard outside of the prime, so it's not a it's not a bad ally at all. Uh, and it comes in as nine drops because it wants the hunters and it wants the warlord. Um, warlord obviously for the extra CP. Uh, fire slayers have have now generically got fight at the start of the combat phase. Uh, for it's a once per game ability that you activate at the start of the hero phase from a hero. Uh, so being hunters means that you can't roar them and stop that happening. So the Hearthguard are all just going to fight you at the start anyway. Um, well, one of the units is still going to fight you at the start of the hero phase anyway. So the army still functions very similar to how it used to. Uh, it has more range with the Rune Master. The heroes are impossible to kill. Or the Rune Father and Son, uh, if you want to get rid of the ward save. Um, Battlesmith's definitely number one pick to take off the board uh, depending on how you feel about the Molten Infernoff you can just start blasting into Hearthguard or into the Rune Master that's completely down to you um, yeah Army's good, very slow um, it falls apart a lot faster than old Fire Slayers uh, not because it's gotten any less resilient, it's equally resilient if not more resilient uh you can't save stack which is a downside but your heroes are harder to kill so i feel like it evens it out um but just because of how much extra output is in the game right now uh, the army does fall apart a lot faster just because of the output comes in at nine drops yeah fair enough old but new by the sounds of it Similar sort of things, just different techniques. Yeah, yeah, very old but new. Most of the heroes are um, seven wounds as well. Which yeah, is... they just they don't just fight at the side of the face, or they still do. They don't fight twice. That's uh, so they don't fight twice, but they can still fight at the start of the phase. So um, yeah. charging them can be very difficult. Uh, being seven wounds on most of your heroes is also really uh, pivotal. 
because there's a lot of abilities that do d6 or just flat six mortal wounds um so yeah. something like jesse's kairos he can't actually take off one of these heroes with just kairos he needs like the shooting from um old mate with the fucking the dude with his back stretched out in the heart to um to have a yeah. couple shots of him. uh that's tricky yeah it's um it is it's it's same fire slayers but different that's how i explain it i guess if you play it you'll 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 see it feels the same but just has some more cool 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 and last but not least spare player sorry jesse do you have anything to add to that uh no i have never played fire slayers because no one up here plays them and i have no idea what they do well more idea now but yeah, so what you'll do is you'll turn up to the table and you'll be like, what unit's that one? What unit's that one? What unit's that one? Yeah, they all look the same. And then turn two, you'll be like, sorry, what guy's that guy? What's the guy? Because <laughs> it's the same fucking model. Literally, yeah. Just a hundred times. You're like, fuck, yeah. man. It's the so, worst. You so, get to the table and you go, where is your battlesmith? And he'll point to one guy that looks the same as the other ones. <laughs> but and you'll like, cast yeah, your portal and you'll and you'll zap him right way to, yeah. yeah and you hope good. he doesn't roll a four up to shrug your kara spell and if he doesn't that's good and you shoot him off and then yeah. game's yeah. a lot easier okay yeah so fair enough um so last but not least we have nick uh he is a ringer he's playing iron jaws blood tooths uh he's also one drops so he's got a mega i almost said it again mega boss and more crusher war chanter war chanter six pigs six pigs Five hard boys, five hard boys, and the rogue idol in a battle regiment. So I've played this army before, um, and the one time I played it, um, I was playing, I was playing, oh, what was I playing? Jesus Christ! Um, I was playing Jesse's list essentially. The Gardas and Long Strikes and Fulminators, and mm-hmm. he gave me first turn, and I translocated the Long Strikes and shut off his Mega Boss right away. And he was a very sad boy because he can't do wire and shit like that because his general's dead. So um, <laughs> I, I, still, I, I think it's a pretty appropriate list for a for a ringer, to be honest. It's a good list, man. It's a good yeah, list for like a ringer. For the, the Rogue Idol is. I know it was a hot pick for a minute, but I don't think it synergizes as well as you know what mm-hmm. like, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it's maximizing his output to be honest but it's another it's another good monster in the list and then it obviously and, and gives like, him and it buffs his dudes and you know it gives him some shit as well but it also fits into one drop because it's behemoth and it's not a hero yeah. so gives you know, him plus one a cast yeah it's... but he doesn't have any casts so like he does the mega bosses they um well, he's given him an arcane tone. Yeah. Holy fuck. Okay, my bad. I just assumed it was a destroyer because, you know, like that's what and mega bosses come with by default. You can teleport him around and he has all the iron draws keywords so you can like redeploy yeah. him and yeah, yeah. move him and smash and bash and all that sort of stuff. So no, it's a, I think it's an appropriate good list for the ringer because I feel like especially at Masters, it shouldn't be, you know. An easy matchup, or just like clubbing a seal or anything like that. Hopefully, so yeah, it's um, it's good. I, it's, it's pretty similar to the last line jaws list, just less pigs and one of a big dude. And yeah, 
but yeah, no, I mean, he doesn't want to hurt anything. So. Certainly not a two-week list for a ringer. If anything, it's on the other end. It's, I mean, it, it's a, it's an, it's a blood tooths, iron jaws list. It's, it's one of the top few lists uh, that 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 are out there right now. Obviously, it does like one thing and and one thing, well, but yeah, this will scare some people for sure. Kind kind of scares me a little bit. Yeah, he can definitely still like alpha you with damage if he deploys far enough away, teleports, and then mighty destroyers, and then charges, and all that sort of stuff. So it's it's definitely got the ability to um, fuck around and do some shit. But yeah, yeah I think it's... the um, the turn one elf is more efficient than James's list, uh, just because Mega Boss can only move three units in the hero phase, so you're Two big units score grunters, the Megaboss himself, and then can mm. obviously teleport the rogue idol. Mm. Um, whereas James's list has some some uh, expensive units left sitting with the, their dick in the wind, but obviously <laughs> yeah. not the not the best way to play. Uh, but it can be really effective depending on what army you're playing against. Yeah, um, yeah, I think I think this is a very good ringer list, like very yeah. very good ringer list. Yep. No, I think it's appropriate. I think it's good. I love that Nick's bringing the vibe in. And yeah, and we'll go from there. All right, guys. So we've done the list. Uh, thank you for your patience, listeners, as you went through it. Hopefully you found that, I don't know, educational to some sort to see how we have our little meta in New Zealand and how you guys might be viewing what we're doing. And I've definitely learned a lot from these two lovely individuals who have given me better insight into these armies. So I much appreciate some guys. We are pushing on close to the four-hour mark, however, so we're going to do our predictions and then wrap it up pretty promptly after that. So how are we going to do predictions, guys? Are we going to do, like, I don't know, like, your strong favourite to win it, maybe, like, someone who you think will be in, like, the top three or top four, and then, like, I don't know. How do you, how do you guys I want to do it? I think last time we did, uh, like, most likely to win, we did a wooden spoon and then we did like an underdog and i thought that was pretty good because i picked a great underdog last time so i'm gonna back that again oh you yeah did. i you... think like a yeah. like a serious person to win a most like yeah like wooden spoon and then like a wild card like underdog wild card like yeah that sounds good cool 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 all right gang so Let's do it then. So, Tubby, who's Tubby. your who's your who's your strong favorite? Uh, strong favorite to win. I think I got this one right as well last year, didn't I? Um, <clears throat> I want to put the Luminef as strong favorite to win. I think they just they play in every phase too well. The army's You've done it bent. again. You did this to me last year. The army's bent as fuck. Um, yeah, I, like, I don't see too many lists that give it too much struggle. Um, if I was to pick like a second favorite to win, it would be uh, it would be James's list probably, um, just because it can slap these these shooting lists so hard because nobody has taken much chaff. Um, wooden spoon. Who's going to come in dead last? Um, 
kind of hard. Uh, I think on list power alone, I think Mark's list is the worst list there. Uh, which I think, like, but I don't think Mark will do, will be Wooden Spoon because I think he's just too much of a, a good player and he plays his own weird little game that he does very well. Um, so I think I'm going to put Wooden Spoon as Aiden because I think he's playing old AOS with just what he has. I know a lot of people won't know what New Noogle does, um, but I think his list is just like three stompy boys that really don't have that much impact. Um, so I think I'm going to put him Wooden Spoon, Underdog. <clears throat> Underdog that shouldn't do as well. I think I'm going to put Ben as the underdog um, because I know when we first went through that list, well, when you guys talked about that list, um, you guys kind of undervalued it a bit. Yeah, I um, definitely did. And I think it's a it's it's a very cookie cutter Cragnose Stormcast uh, Ogre Moor Tribes list. Uh, so I'm going to put Ben as my underdog. Which, funny enough, last year I put Ogre Moor Tribes as well. Uh, so Ben, no stress, bro, but don't play like shit because you're my, <laughs> you're my hopes and dreams here, all right? Oh, he's going to stress yeah. now big time. So. Yeah, good. Yeah, perfect. Good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah, favourite win is Sean. Probably a runner-up would be um, James. Uh, last place, Aiden, and then uh, yeah, my underdog's Ben Black. Cool. Cool, cool. Jesse, you want to take a crack? Uh... Yeah, I think I think my call to win is Bo. Um, I think the list is really strong. I think he's a really strong player. I think it's um, just basically RNG that he hasn't hasn't done it yet. Um, yeah, it's just you know it's how it, how it goes. So I think this is his year uh, potentially. Um, I think I'm gonna agree on the runner-up. I think I'm gonna do James. Uh, James was your pick, right, Tubbs? Yeah, he was my yeah. runner-up pick. Yeah, I'm gonna do James as well. I think that list is just super, super strong. Um, and um, yeah, I'm also actually kind of tempted to go with Ben for underdog as well, just because I think that. If he plays well and people underestimate him and he gets good matchups, he can potentially swing a lot higher than than maybe I would have rated him at first. Um, that being said, like I wouldn't be surprised if he went zero five. <laughs> not not zero five, but like yeah. But I Come on, is your mate? Fucking smash Yeah, no, I, I could see it like being a. I could see it going anywhere from two three to five zero, and that's why I think it's yeah, the underdog because I think it's one of those lists where like either it's going to delete the world and be amazing, or something is going to happen. Some charge is going to fail. Kragnos is going to die, and it all falls apart. Like, I think that's the thing, right? So, yeah, we'll do Ben Black for underdog. Um, we'll do uh, James, runner-up, and then uh, Bo to take it out. It's his year. Nice. 
it would be good to see Bo pull it out. And um, I'm glad it's not Deepkin if he does, because I'm definitely sick of Bo's Deepkin. As much <laughs> as, uh, I'm happy for him to continue playing it. My yeah. God, bro. <laughs> Please. <laughs> sure. Thought he was going to do Deepkin this year and do all the Sharks and win, so I was a little terrified of that list, but anywho. Uh, I just realised we didn't do missions, but whatever. So yeah, it's fine. The mission's super quick. We won't talk about them. First Blood Device, Savage Gain, Survival Fitness, um, Survival of the Fittest, sorry, Feral Foray. So just, <laughs> we're not talking about them. Um, look them up. Hopefully you guys know what they are. So I'm going to sound like a real broken record here. But my uh, contender for winner is going to be um, someone different to you two, but it's going to be Mr. Tubman. Because oh, I'm not trying to fluff you up, dude. But like you're you're in a, like you're a very good player. You have an army that competes in shooting and combat that relies not solely on spell casting. So you've got your prayers and shit which people can't interact with, which is why I think Stormcasts are also super strong. Um, and I think your army has the tools, to be honest. So I, I like that pick. Um, although I, I am going to pick James for a runner-up because I feel like James could win it just as easily as you could or anyone else that we've listed. It just depends on how James plays his army because I feel like in mm-hmm. four to five matchups, he goes, I'm going first, I table you first, and I win the game. And that's going to be it. And then he'll be have a one matchup where he'll do something a bit different or someone will deploy a bit better or whatever it may be. Uh, and then for my underdog, which sounds ridiculous, but it's going to be Jesse uh, because I feel like his armor saves, because there isn't too many offensive mortal wounds that range outside probably my army. Um, and his armor is very good. And in addition to that, he just has a five up aura all the time, which is turned on from turn one. And he has teleport to get out of trouble when he needs to. If he gets boxed in, um, again, that just happens. He's got the uh, mirror shield on the priest, so you can't just shoot him off and stop him doing stuff. It's a it's a very good army. Uh, and then my, was it Wooden Spoon? Is that what we were talking about? Was yeah, Wooden Spoon, one? yeah. Oh, I, I forgot my Wooden Spoon as well. Oh, go on, Jesse. You pick a Wooden Spoon. I'll just pick the same thing. Oh, um... So Toby picked Aiden, I believe it was. Yeah, it's probably that one or potentially Bart. Um, yeah, I will go with. Uh, yeah, I'll have I'll have a look. You say you say yours, Sean. Uh, I think you've picked um, two good ones there, to be honest. I think Bart's got the the lesser of the Ogre More Tribes ones, just because I love Stonehorn, so as soon as you put it into a more, I'm biased. Yeah. Um, I mean, Rohan might flop it with his six units and go 05, but I don't mm. see that happening. So, I mean, I think the obvious pick is probably Mitch, right? But at the same time, I don't think it's obvious. I don't know. Aiden might be a good one just because he's been out of hammer for like a year. Yeah, Aiden, so, uh, Mitch is way too much of a good player to be the, yeah. the wooden spoon. There's, and Aiden's only got no six way. units, he's got three fat boys, and he's been out of Warhammer for like 10 to 11 months, as far as I know, unless he's been like 
putting in reps in their little upper hobby night, which she very well could have been. But um, I'll just pick Aiden because I know he's got a strong chin and he can take criticism. So I'll um, I'll give it to him for that reason because I know he won't give me too much shit for you know for me throwing a little bit of shade his way because he can take it like a champ. And he's definitely resilient, and he's not going to comment back on that. So that's why I'll, I'll pick Aiden. Jesse, who was your pick? Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Bart. And I think he knows it, so I don't feel bad saying it. Yeah, honestly, yeah. Bart's another one that I could have slotted in there, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, no shade. I think he's just bringing a soft list, and that's just the way it is. Yeah, no, I I agree. I I like that he's got a stone horn, but as I keep saying, I want more than one stone horn. So yeah, and that's that's it. All right, guys. Anything else you want to say, or we're going to wrap up this four hours of recording content plus another hour of us just shit talking beforehand. Yeah. Uh, just see, shout out your um your Twitter handle and stuff like that. Yeah, where do we where do we find you? you man. I mean, you've probably got more clout than what we do, which isn't hard. So, uh, oh, I don't know, I don't know. Um, yeah, so I'm uh, Thorn Barrows, uh, Thorn like a thorn on a plant, and Barrows like a wheelbarrow. Um, on Twitter, that's where I'm at mostly. Um, so you can find me there. I post stuff on painting, and that's mostly it. Um. But yeah, otherwise, um, if you're in Auckland, uh, hit me up for a game. I'm going to try to get to Wellington more this year. Um, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, yeah. oh, good stuff. Fantastic. Love to hear it. All right, guys, we will wrap it up there because it's getting long and we're losing steam. Uh, and we'll get this out whenever we can. But Masters is... So a week from now is Masters Eve. So, you know, in a week's time, Tubby will probably be doing this again at my house and with some drinks and talking some sass and seeing what we think when we know the matchups are out. So that'll be super interesting. Um, and we can go from there. But otherwise, thank you both very much for spending five hours with me on Friday night. And thank you, listeners, for taking the time. See ya. Later, bro. Bye. You've been listening to Notorious Age of Sigmar with Sean and Tubbs. Like what you heard? Then leave a review or check us out on Twitter at AOSSean89 and AOSTubbs. See you next time.